0: Hey, this is Rob Rodriguez and I broke the internet with Spider Gwen. Your
1: listening to the members of Nice. Semi. Semi nice. Semi nice with the woo Woohoo. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going?
2: It is a glorious day, Vince. It is. Why? Why is it a glorious day for you? Because you accepted my plea to seek counseling for our relationship, oh, yes. and we had our first session, and it went <laughs> really well. I think nobody's going to hear this. I think getting her to get the counselor getting us to open up one another was. I know. One. I feel cleansed in some odd way.
1: Yeah. 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 Like a shower. It was a safe
2: space. It was a safe space. Oh, it's awesome. All of it. So safe. Right. So
1: safe. We all. Safeway Perfect. Shop Smart, Shop smart.
2: Yeller Oh boy This is our awesome, is isn't it, for the week? Of course it is
1: This is my, my most wonderful three hours, give
2: or take, of the week <laughs> It's definitely one of my favorite three hour blocks
1: What does that mean?
2: Oh, I mean, I have other great parts of my week, too.
1: Oh, I forgot. You enjoy life. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> sue me. <laughs> oh, goodness.
2: Uh, you drinking cafefe?
1: No, I'm drinking. Well, it doesn't matter. We're jumping ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're, we're, we're out of time. Um, it's going to be even a nicer space once you both get the microphone stands.
2: I have zero intention of getting a microphone. Oh, uh, dude, you have to.
1: Cuz I think you're the biggest transgressor when it comes to this shit. That's you.
2: I don't ever do that. What are you talking about? See, dude, you do attention. it. You do it all the time. You tap and shit. You
1: you're like you're like friggin' Nipsey Russell.
3: he's <laughs> You're stupid
2: dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're stupid as fuck. I am. Oh, you call me Nipsey
0: Russell. Nipsey shit. Russell. <laughs> oh shit.
1: That's funny. I know. I appreciated that. But you will get a, a microphone stand. Because you're a professional. I'm
2: going to. You will. You have to. No, because it won't hold mine. I don't have I have a a, a blue. They're designed for blues.
1: Wait, what? The link I sent in the Slack. Those those stands are designed for the Yeti Blue and the Yeti, uh, or the, the the the. You have a snowball, don't you? Yes. It's designed for the snowball and the the Yeti Blue. How much did this cost? Twenty five bucks shipped. That's out of my budget. Oh yeah, okay. That's what you tip the guy who shakes your dick when you go in the in the bathrooms. <laughs> Oh, piss boy. Thank you, my good son. Uh, Here's a nice healthy healthy (laughs) tip for you. Hey, everybody, what is this? Well, I'm about to tell you. It's 11 o'clock Comics, episode 493, y'all, and I am Vince B.
0: Oh, man. Yes, yes, you are Vince B. I'm David A. Price.
2: You are Vince B. You are David A. Price, but far more importantly... I am Tom Brady. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want you to
1: be Tom Brady. Why? He's a winner. He is. But you're a winner in your own right. I just don't. <laughs> nah, you're not Tom Brady. You're Jason Wood. Well, well love. Uh, we, we've uh, sought counseling successfully. And, well, uh, it's our, the
2: first session. I think it was a positive first step towards uh, mending our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hug was the best part. Yeah. Special shout out to Brandon Archer for 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 really br- bringing it to our attention, so that we can take those steps necessary to 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 keep our relationship going. It would be no. a shame to let a a decade long relationship end in yeah. uh, disarray.
1: But Jason's being semi facetious. There's really nothing going on. Sometimes, I, you know, Jason gets a little antsy, and I gotta shut him down. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah. Sometimes Vince
2: play, plays the fool and. I got to, you know. I, I do play the fool that. often. <laughs> I do. Yes. Isn't it fun by the way? It is funny in all seriousness how <clears throat> like on social media, especially Twitter, I think people take things out of context quite often. Quite often. Right. Which it's understandable. It's difficult to convey context and nuance in 140 written characters. I think it's less likely to happen in mediums like this where we're being ourselves and speaking for long periods of time however i think we are constantly reminded that uh one person's reality is vastly different from another's it's true so the many 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 listeners that we have fortunate to have i think they a a lot of them hear our show and hear completely different things sometimes i think right people can hear there are people that probably hear us talk about a book and think that we disliked it, when others think that we liked it, or we may have liked it. And uh, we got examples of that in the last week. All joking aside, someone made a, ma- a reference that somehow you and I had ma- mounting tension, which is absurd. I, I I'm, it's hysterical to me. No,
1: but you don't um, don't discount this the uh, the perception though, because it happens, as you said. So I mean, it, it's valid. The person was concerned. And concerns, oh, no, right. You know, concerns is a great like thing.
2: Someone perceived that as is, is funny, though, right? Because right. in their mind, I'm sure it was very legitimate. Yeah. And um, and then we also had another incident where you were making a comment about um, our Patreon peeps not not voting. <laughs> yeah, for, that was uh, tough. I for the book of the month and a yeah. uh, very uh, gentleman is a very nice gentleman. He's a patron, Juan Maraz, and and he he. I guess it's fair to say he took umbrage with it. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Well, And yeah. and yet I think it was a complete misunderstanding uh, I, I, you know, in the sense that you made an offhanded comment about um, why bother being a patron or something if you don't bother participating or something yeah. like that. I'm, I'm yeah, I think afraid. I said, why pay the cover charge if you're not going to drink? Yeah. And his perspective was he felt a little hurt by that because he is a patron and his view was like, look, I, I support you guys for my own reasons and I'm happy to do so and I, I get a lot out of it and I don't I don't have the the time or the inclination to to vote for the the poll, but but I don't I don't want to be viewed as someone that's not um, worthy of, of of supporting you in other right. ways or be appreciated. And clearly, we all read it, and we were we were all universally aghast that that was how he interpreted your comment, because that's obviously not the angle you were going for. You no. were going from a hey, we we love you all, we want you to participate, we love the community, so take you know we so please if you have the time participate but it wasn't so it's just again it's it's a case of he's not wrong for feeling that way or expressing it and certainly we don't i'm not calling him out to uh belittle his viewpoint i think we all appreciated the viewpoint and it was a a little reality check that that sometimes we say things uh in the course of events without truly thinking about how they may be perceived and hopefully we've cleared the air with him and everybody else that may have misunderstood yeah. the comments. We just love you all, and we. sure I, I think we want. We would love it if we had a thousand people uh, participating in those discussions because it just makes for a richer experience for us all. But absolutely, and and I think David tried to make this point last week when this discussion was happening. Is that uh, in all seriousness, it, it, we understand people choose to participate in the show or support us in lots of different ways, and uh, we appreciate any 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 piece of that that you give us of your time or, or money or, 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 or ears so um, while we would love to have you all participate as much as humanly possible we certainly don't begrudge you uh, from, from, from choosing not to do so that's more than, than you're right obviously
1: right and after the lengthy preamble comes the declaration and I say you can believe discount comic book service dcbservice.com when they say they're going to give you the best discounts anywhere you can damn well believe them because it's true the new list is up, and I have selected three things for your perusal. <laughs> the first, coming from Image, it is the first issue of a series written, not drawn, written by Wes Craig, art by Toby Cypress and Nico Guardia. The book in question is The Gravedigger's Union. First issue, three ninety-nine cover price. What are they going to take it home for? ninety nine. Exactly. Deadly Class co-creator Wes Craig launches a new series with art by rising star Toby Cypress. He's Love been it. doing it. Yeah, rising star, he's been doing it a while. Come on. Um, the supernatural world has gone crazy. The apocalypse is coming, and only the Gravediggers Union can stop it. How? Well, their first leader, Cole, has to find his estranged daughter. But is she the one behind the apocalypse? Wow! Wild comedic horror with steroid zombies, monster gods, swamp vampires, ghost storms, and space monkeys. <laughs> No-brainer. Speaking of monkeys, over at Boom, we have Kong on the Planet of the Apes. Number one. Written by Ryan Ferrer. Art by the disturbingly underrated Carlos Mannyo. Cover art by Mike Huddleston. The uh, classic... Um, image of Taylor beating the sand. You blew it up. Blah blah blah. Is uh, in the background and in the foreground is a looks like a very um, hurt Kong with a gorilla general in the foreground. I think we know who that is too. Uh, cover price three ninety nine. What are they bringing it home for? Dap one ninety nine. Exactly. You are so smart. And last but certainly not least from Titan Comics, I did not choose this book based on the title, but I may have. Uh, Mink- Minky Woodcock, The Girl mm. Who Handcuffed Houdini. And if you don't select the Robert McGinnis cover, you're no friend of mine. Written by Cynthia von Bueller. Bueller? Mm. Anybody? Bueller? Yeah. And and drawn by Cynthia Von Buehler it's um, the pitch is unappreciated at her father's detective agency the fabulous rabbit-loving Minky Woodcock
3: <clears throat>
1: straps on I did not write this this is right right <sighs> you from, wish you did though. I did Minky Woodcock straps on her gum shoes in order to uncover a magical mystery involving the world-famous escape artist Harry Houdini Created by acclaimed artist, author, director, and playwright Cynthia von Bueller. And it says, uh, speakeasy dollhouse, Evelyn, Evelyn, Emily and the Strangers. Cover price three ninety-nine. Now, this is a trick question because it's obviously not fifty percent discount, but Jason, where are they gonna bring this home? How much?
3: Ooh,
2: two and a half dollars.
1: No, two dollars and nineteen cents. That's forty-five percent off dcbservice.com does not mind late orders or order editions and you get your books all shipped all nice and secure straight to your door ding dong books are here this robert McGuinness cover is amazing sexy as hell if you don't know who robert it's mcginnis truly is truly amazing freaking it's truly amazing google robert McGuinness. i mean the dude is 91 years old and it, I, I cannot be- believe he produced this i believe he's still doing robert mcginnis are you kidding me no, at at his age, I'm saying I oh, can't believe right. he was. Oh, well, I don't to know. If, this. I don't know if this is a recent painting. They may have. Re- oh, I'm not oh, saying. I, I'm, I don't know the the background, but this may. I've never seen this before, and I have many books of Robert McGinnis's art. Maybe I glossed over it. I don't think I'd gloss over that image because that's hot. Uh, the man's fabulous, fantastic um, cover artist. He's a, he's he's one of the true greats, and he's on the cover of this Minky Woodcock. The girl who handcuffed Houdini. Just get it. It's part of the hard case crime from Titan Comics. And that's all I have to say. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine that. Anybody have any, any thank yous? I do. Okay. Our buddy Drew Van Genderen sent me a belated birthday present.
3: He,
1: yes. He gave me both volumes of Fanagraphics, uh, Best Comics of the Decade, the, the two of set um and i had one of them so i'm going to repurpose uh regift another one the, the 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 duplicate volume in a in a to some lucky patreon maybe and he also sent me the uh, ash can for the infernoct that i've been talking about oh yes the first issue so yes thank you drew you're my buddy he is he's a good
2: man he is a good man he's too good we have another uh, thank you for our, from for all of us, who did Which is to uh, a thank you to Mr. John Amore, oh, yeah. who is a, a listener and an artist, and he was kind enough to do kick-ass digital commissions for each of us as a thank you. Uh, for he did a domino for moi.
1: I thought the domino comi- was
2: for me. Uh, well, maybe it's for you. Then the Commandee must have been for me. Okay. And then he did a Kevin Matchstick for David. So nice. All of them. Uh, And then he also did an 11 o'clock comics uh, montage piece. Yeah. Which is very nice. So uh, much love to you, John. That's that's very thoughtful of you. Indeed. Um, And then uh, last but certainly not least, before we jump into the comics, um, I feel like we're saying this every week now, um, but... Definitely thoughts out there to, um, I'm sure, our, our many EOC family members that are down in the uh, eye of Irma. And, um, you know, it's going to hit here probably by the time you're listening. It's going to be close to hitting, if, if not there. So by all means, you know, stay safe and, um, you know, let us know when you're okay or if you are okay. Um, yes. I know there's a lot of you down there. So it's been I a crazy few weeks, man.
0: A few are um, – Carlos Fuentes is in his car going he's in his north car right now 95 and uh heading towards pennsylvania okay look at that uh there are a few people that are heading towards uh wet rats this way so I mean yes people have uh taken heat and and evacuating Florida um and and absolutely are uh are I worry enough as it is so so definitely my thoughts my, my with you all you do
2: that is true you do, you do. But Indeed, you do.
1: You can't change that. He's got a big heart.
2: <laughs> can't beat that with a dap.
1: No. Did you know my grandmother's name was Irma?
2: I did not know that. Did not. Yep. Was she a spark plug just like the storm? Ooh, she was a feisty one. Was yes. she? That's where oh, I get it from.
1: Go. My feistiness came from grandma. Nice. Yeah. All right, nice. comics. We got a lot to cover here. Ooh, we might have some drinking. Or, well, oh, I mean, good. I God, God, we, we forgot. I don't know about you all. Yeah, I'll just segue. I'm drinking Diet Pepsi. The real stuff. Ooh. It's good. It's got caffeine and everything. Oh Hell
2: yeah. It's got some Mounting tensions. Star- yes. <sighs> Love you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, Jason? I'm... Because I'm a, a real man. Uh, oh, I'm boy. drinking Corona Extra. La Cerveza fina, <laughs> <Mas> Because <laughs> all real men drink <laughs> swizzle beer. I'm not drinking Corona Light, son. I'm <laughs> drinking... La cerveza mas fina Alright, now you're holding the bottle No, no it's, a it's a can Oh, okay,
1: so my, I, what I was going to say is If you're holding the glass and or bottle And you can see your fingers on the other side That's not beer
2: That's tinkle Well, that's not the case, I'm holding a can And it's completely impossible for All me to right. see through it It's an opaque can, so <laughs> like I said My,
1: my scorn is, is uh, Falls flat uh,
0: Indeed Yeah.
1: Beer. Much like the beer
0: how about you, David? What you drinking? Um, you know, part of me was ready to to have some whiskey tonight with everything going on, um, but uh, this seemed more fitting. Unfortunately, I do not have any in my house from the Hudson Valley, but this is uh, this is Jacob's Creek Double Barrel Cabernet Sauvignon no. finished in aged whiskey oak barrels uh, from Australia. But of course. Wow. Beds are burning. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: oh, we're gonna burn them in out of the night. Yay. Love it. Love it. Um <laughs> my brother in law Dave always has a vast selection of uh beer, ale, uh IPAs, whatever, at his home, and he let me taste a brew that was um stored in the, the, the barrels like, like you like. Ooh. Dude, that shit is strong. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it, can be. It, it wasn't eleven percent, but it was it was up there. Yeah. The flying dog is the I think it's the only eleven percent I've ever had. There we go. Yeah,
0: that was me almost dropping my bottle. My oh, I, I was
1: gonna call it it's seismic wood again. <laughs> See, you're <laughs> apparently it's, it's the David counseling is, is not helping. Help, is it? it was
0: me once tonight. It you David yeah.
1: David but but David see David wants to make the show a better thing so he will get the microphone stand wow
0: <laughs>
1: maybe Brandon good. was right maybe and to all of you listening at home um please bear with us as we iron out these audio uh glitches because it's only
0: it's only been 8 years 9 years well no
1: year. no behind the scenes I recently got a MacBook Pro one of the brand new ones with the the bar Which on it it explains a the, lot no and um included with the MacBook Pro was a set of Beats headphones. And it seems like our setup does not like the Beats because there was a noticeable um, white noise in the background. And I can't seem to get the the Yeti to the point where my, my voice sounds like it did before I switched over to the MacBook Pro. So just bear with us we're gonna we're working on it we're getting it um slow but sure these things are not an overnight thing it it takes tweaking and 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 years of of careful scrutiny to get this ironed out so Mm. we'll we'll see Uh, hopefully this is in the zone but whatever now uh drink roll call is shot by the wayside and we're going to talk about the comics i don't know if jason read this but i know dap did Jason, did you read Elsewhere by Image Comics? Yes, sir. <gasps> what is it? You did? For real? Because yes. I didn't notice it on the Slack.
2: You're no, right. I didn't put, put it on the Slack. I, I did not. I neglected to. I forgot.
1: Oh, but you did read it. I did, yes. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, Elsewhere, Let I don't know. Maybe we can talk about the f- first two issues written by Jay Farber. Illustrated, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry.
2: Sume Kesgin.
1: Oh, Sume Kesgin. Thank you, Jason, for lighting my way. And color art by Ron Riley. And as I said, it's published by Image. Indeed. Uh, the setup on this book is amazingly cool, I thought. But uh, my co hosts may feel differently. Um, we find ourselves in the land of Korvath. And it's a place that is withering under the oppressive regime of one Lord Cragen. He's got the skull face, the big old horns, he looks just like a villain out of the uh the Inframan movie. And um there's a pair of hirsute fanged, pointy eared, um genetically branded, they got marks on them like, like the uh the the blue things in Avatar. Uh these two denizens uh their names are court and tavel they have just escaped from the fortress of lord cragen they were thrown in why because they're part of the rebellion they want to unseat this jerk cuz he's no good for the land of corvath um so they flee the fortress and in in the process they hear a cry for help
3: help
1: something like that only higher because it was a woman's cry and um court wants to investigate and possibly help but tavil does not um court wins out luckily and they find hanging from a tree uh by her parachute one amelia earhart yes the amelia earhart um and amelia is very concerned because she can't find her navigator fred um and she's visibly distraught at the sight of Court and Tavel because they don't look like human beings from where she's from in the 1930s America. Human beings don't look like this. They're not shaggy and have big pointy teeth and marks on their faces and pointy ears. Um, but their their talk is cut short because the, uh, the night is pierced by the searchlights of Lord Cragen's steeds flying steeds. They're horse-like beasts. Kind of something out of bone, wouldn't you say? They look like something that would be very comfortable in in Jeff Smith's bone uh, reality. Um, So they flee to a farmhouse. And luckily, it's a farmhouse that is stocked with steeds. Um, And Amelia takes to her steed effortlessly. She's flying around woo, on this flying horse thing and and she she comments that piloting the steed feels more natural than her plane and it's the the world of this lord Cragen has like a a roger dean um avatar floating island mountains come out of the sky feel to it like there's there's pieces of the landscape that are suspended just like in on a on the cover of the yes albums you know and um amelia is looking around in her new environment and um when she says plain, the word triggers something in court and tavel because when they were in prison, the sequestered being next to them said that word, and it's not a word from their language, so they remembered it. When you hear a word that's not from your language, it's, it immediately sticks out as being odd, so they remembered it, and and they tell Amelia, and she's certain that that person in the cell Next to them was her navigator, Fred. Fred Noonan. So they concoct this plan to get back into the fortress and rescue Fred. Simple, right? Well, they their plan actually works thanks to um, a very sexy soldier in uh, Lord Cragen's forces named Sorvina. I love her <laughs> so much. Mm-hmm. Um, a push comes to shove they find the person that was in the cell next to court and tavel and unfortunately it wasn't fred it was db cooper yeah it was so this land of corvath seems to be the place that mysteriously uh, people that disappear under mysterious circumstances go to uh, you're all, I hope you're all familiar with the stories of Amelia Earhart and D.B. Cooper um, and in this in this comic it's really neat the way Amelia's disappearance is portrayed like there's this flash of light and both her and Fred get sucked into it and then they appear in this, this weird land uh, historical fiction is kind of a hard sell with me like Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Amelia Earhart, okay, yeah, I mean important in American history, but uh, yeah uh, it was it was rough for me to to get into this initially, like the Amelia Earhart part was not the hook it was it was the d b Cooper part that was like the 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 appearance of a person that disappeared under mysterious circumstances is kind of cool but when you compound it with another person that disappeared under mysterious circumstances I thought that was neat and yes I'm just waiting to see who else pops
3: up
0: yeah I have Uh, a feeling
1: um... speak did you go away Um, I didn't hear anything you just
2: said really yeah nothing oh I heard him fine
0: Well, what did him say? Uh, Well, him said, Mm -hmm. uh, "I don't think that um, I have a feeling that Amelia, DB, and Fred are not the only three people." Uh, Who are you guessing? I am guessing. Yes. Who? What do you think? No, 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 no. no. I'm saying I no. I don't. If you, what's what's neat, is that um, they're not. They've all been taken mere days from when they disappeared because her plane, she, she disappeared in the 30s, uh, Cooper in 71,
3: mm-hmm.
0: so he's been in the cell for a couple of days. Now, she was probably, um, well, I mean, she was in the tree, so she probably, it, the, the the light probably just grabbed her and, and she landed in the tree. But Fred has been in the cell, pro- well, or, we're not sure where Fred is yet. But uh, everybody has um, it's. I I I like how they pretty much when they disappeared from our Earth, uh, and they end up in Corvath It's 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 not like you know she hasn't been there for forty years waiting for Cooper to show up. So it's it's I I um there, there's a lot going on here that that I I kind of dig. I mean between the um, between the the concept of you know, uh I mean maybe the contents of Al Capone's vault or Miss or Encore too. there are just there are things that uh, it's brain. Well, Sorry. Uh, you <laughs> got the you got the Lindbergh baby, right? Yes, right. Uh, uh, Jimmy um, Hoffa, right? Oh yes. Uh, so there will definitely, you know, I think the um, I, I the concept. I, I I'm digging I, I like the setting of, of Corvette. I like the um I like the characters on this planet. Um the only thing I, not even flat, but it was just weird the way the um the second issue when it ended on the cliffhanger. I I wasn't expecting to turn the page and see and see what I saw like like that I would have expected to happen in the Maybe the splash page of the third issue was just it, it was just it was to it came across it read weird for me to see that as the last page of the second issue and that's that's the nitpick it was just with everything else that was going on and the conversation with with Amelia and 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 Cooper and it, and everything that was happening um, it just I don't know why that kind of just threw me and 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 it's and it's kind of violent too so it is which I, which isn't.
1: I think you don't... Thing,
0: it was just what. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, it was just it, it. It was a bit. It wasn't a stark contrast, but it just it, and it didn't feel out of place. I just, for the most part, I wasn't expecting it, but it just the the way the way it was drawn, the way it was presented, it it, it kind of just didn't fit with everything else that led up to it. For me, obviously, everybody's gonna feel different.
1: No, I think you're you're right because I think the build up is a little wonky to the mm-hmm. to the there's all right to, for those of you playing at home the court and tavel take the pair to their hold where, on th-
0: Just, I, I don't know when did did number two come out this week yeah oh, okay this,
2: all right this, cool. oh this week I don't know if it was this week all right well there's a threat
1: introduced in the the last page of the second issue and the buildup is a bit strange because the announcement that the threat is coming is made off panel and
0: it's oh, I'm sorry it did go ahead Vincent. it came out it, yesterday yeah. it did come yep. out okay yep.
1: and and the uh, the announcements made off panel and then the last page the splash page you see the the threat and i don't think there's enough of the threat shown like it's it's somewhat chaotic and i know maybe it was intended to be that way Mm -hmm. you know um but i i just think it it, there could have been a a slight bit more finesse in the way that maybe it should have been expanded a little bit because it basically happens in a page and a quarter right all right i yes. just, it was kind of abrupt, but that's how things happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know um there's a neat little uh subplot involving Amelia Earhart and her marriage she, <laughs> she, she i didn't even is was this a thing in the real world too? was she romantically attracted to her her navigator? I don't Cooper. I don't know the history of I think like it's just Cooper and
0: his sixties sensibilities kind of uh just implying things. You think? It was it was a different time I mean, for him to think that way when she's all, you know, well, I'm I'm married and and honestly, I mean I get it. You know, he's self involved and, and just you know, why would you why would you think about anybody else except to get out of here and go back to your husband? Um so he could just be the type of person to stir it up a bit it just it I could definitely get somebody saying that, but uh it's or she's from yes, you can have friends who are men mm-hmm. and she's she's concerned- i mean he's her navigator, so they were she she had his back and he was supposed to have hers all through this flight so that's somebody you have to have a lot of faith in, and you can you. There are you can have a different relationship with friends than you can with a spouse. So it's, I, I could see why she'd want to find him before. Why would she leave him behind, just to go back home, not knowing if she'll ever see? She wants to grab him and then get the hell out of Dodge. I have no problem with that. That that that's just Cooper being a prick.
3: Well, he
1: is kind of right though. She is more concerned with the uh location of her of fred than she is with
0: because as soon as she finds him, they can work on getting out of there
1: yeah but she's she's in a a totally different world and she's not freaked out and not like in pieces all she she really all she cares about is finding fred mm-hmm. i'd be like where the hell am i you you're 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 blue like why are you blue? Huh. Why do you you're not you don't look like people back home? I just I don't know. It just seems like she's she's there's a concern for Fred that extends beyond
2: mere okay. friendship. I think I don't right. know. Right. Um, what did y'all think of 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 Sumei's art?
0: I liked it. I I thought the um I thought the designs were pretty cool. Some of it were I, I cuz I especially like the backgrounds. Um the the Ewok tree village that they're all in in the second issue is is pretty cool. Uh it's it's open in some places. It's it's not super detailed. Um I I I do like it. I like the style. It's uh it I think it kind of fits and, and like I said I I I i'm looking at servina and, and that's that's mostly um ron Riley's colors but as i was looking at her she's mostly green except the closer you get to her hands and the tips of her horns they're more blue
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and i mean it's just kind of weird it's almost like that 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 neon-ish chameleon paint color that a lot of cars have now but it, it's a uh i i like the art what about you
2: I like it. I I think it's very simple and clean, which if you're going to skew a little off the mark, I think I'm fine with you skewing that way. Um, I think it, it could use a, a little bit more grit, though. Um, it, it, it felt a little cell animation-y for me, a little stiff at times um but but Sume is relatively new to the sequential comics business, so i think from uh a, a vein of of a, a newish artist i think it's it's solid um uh and i i have to give her credit for the character designs because um they they they're evocative of of what we know those people to look like without it being too photoref which is which is key so I give her credit for that. Um I think the character I agree with Vince, I think the the uh, Lord Lord is it Lord Kragan, right? And mm-hmm. um <laughs> and the uh the helper. Um they're 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 well designed. Um I'm I'm not super crazy about the creature designs. Um like the flying bearded dragon thing and th- those I think are a little just a little too never-ending story-ish for me. Um, but no, overall, I thought it was nice. And I think the second issue strikes a better chord for me than the first artistically. So um, so maybe she's got a very fast, steep learning curve. Um, wow.
1: I'm
0: with Vince. What? Yeah.
1: What? I, I, th- I think it's... There's a ton of Jeff Smith in this art.
0: There is Jeff Smith. And I, that's a I, compliment. I, I'm reminded of, my... of, of some Zach Howard. Um, I, no, they, I see
2: that a little bit. I, I don't. Mm, I don't know. I think Jeff Smith masters. I mean, Jeff's a master of just the right amount of lines, though. Right. He's got
1: right. A, a much
0: more she, fluid line. He's got yeah. A economy. Over his. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. She hasn't distilled it down to the 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 rudiments, but I I I really think it's great. I think the 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 steeds, the design of the steeds, is is really smoking. Uh, uh, her expressions are great Mm -hmm. the character expressions are really spot on Um, that's fair no uh, i just fear that there are a lot of things in this book that to the casual observer and they would be right seem to be pulled from avatar the 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 flying oh I've I- never I've never have never seen the movie so the flying islands the the fact that the characters ride on these these winged creatures um, it just it, it, I'm I'm almost certain that the that the elevator pitch for this book was you know um, Avatar meets blah 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 it's it's mm-hmm. it just seems to be like the the movie may have had an effect. Um, on both of these uh, creators. I don't know. It's just, there's, to me, it, I, I can't see, I can't unsee parts of Avatar in this book. Oh, okay. But that's, a, I, 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 you know, it's okay. It, the You know, floating islands, it, it's fun.
2: But, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, do, I do have to say, I have generally been in Vince's camp. The idea of Amelia Earhart or even D.B. Cooper, I, I never have been that enamored with the historical uh, missing persons angles I, just, right. I'm aware of them but they never were things I, I, I just not much interest in them um, so I was a bit skeptical of this book the first few pages when I realized it was going to center around Amelia Earhart um, but I am intrigued at the idea and they do allude to it by saying the old older gentleman the older alien And then she says there were more of us, and then he tries to downplay it. So I, I think we are certainly going to get other humans that are missing people, and and hopefully they have some fun with that. Um, you know, maybe we see I don't know Oscar Acosta or Jimmy Hoffa or like I said the Lindbergh baby. I don't know. There are tons of others I'm sure for just uh, throughout history. Um, but but that that could be cool. Um, so I, I I think we've talked about this. In another context, oh, we were talking about it a few weeks ago with image seemingly having lots of southern based books these days <laughs> yeah. I feel as though we've also got a bit of the fantasy uh other world stuff going on right now um in different forms um from from reborn that 's what it was called right reborn
0: mm-hmm. uh, yes. the, yep, yep yep yeah
2: to seven to eternity to this to um uh uh, the David Rubin uh, book, um, Ether, um, which I know wasn't image, but I'm just saying, like, there, there's just, well, even Headlapper
1: like could fit them all, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, so I, so, yeah, so I just, um, and again, that's fine. I mean, fantasy is, is certainly a, a genre that's always being done over and over. I, 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 perhaps I'm reading too many of them, so they're leaving me a little, outside of Seven to Eternity, they're leaving me a little hollow right now, because I, I, they, I just feel like it's well trodden, for Probably. me, and that that's that's a me thing, not a them thing. I just right. I think I'm just reading too many of those types of comics lately, and it's yeah. it's it's not feeling as as interesting as a result.
1: Well, there's a much darker tone to Seven to Eternity than elsewhere. I mean this this book. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, there's, of course. There, there's some pretty uh, dangerous uh, scenarios in this book, and there's there's death, but it's it's of a much more Overall, the book is much more lighthearted mm-hmm. than, than you know, Seventh to Eternity or even I, – I would put this in the same zone as Headlopper in terms of it's – there's despicable stuff going on. There's death and there's bloodshed, but there's somewhat of a lighter tone to it. I don't want to say it's – it is fun. It's a fun book, and it's, but it's not funny. mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Sorvina's smoking hot. Um, <laughs> who has money on uh, Lord Corvath uh, being Fred? Oh, I hadn't thought of it. It's just that when you introduce a when you introduce a villain and he has a mask,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and he is of human proportions, and there's the question of where's this other human, it just leads me to believe that the person in question is the person we're oh, looking
2: right, from. interesting.
1: I don't know. But
2: maybe you're
0: probably some, right.
1: They may do a switcher up, a uh, switcheroo. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Maybe it's Quartz Twin, like you know, Strife. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> the awesome Strife.
2: Love it. We've gone entirely too long without mentioning Strife, so that was a good argument. you. are <laughs> welcome. But no,
1: I enjoyed this book uh, a lot, and and I'm going to stick around. I thought it was it was it was very enjoyable and it's um artistically very sound i think
2: and uh, Sume sumay is a protege of mahmoud's
1: yes wow very different styles though
2: mhm yeah okay. well she's turkish she i think she came up uh, with uh with uh Ildirai and and mahmoud okay. as yeah uh, the, the trailblazers so yeah yep good stuff for sure.
1: I thank Dap for shoving it under my nose.
2: Yes. Which is good because we might not want to thank Dap for the other thing we shoved <laughs> under nose. <laughs> well I didn't make well, it very far through the other thing, so Oh
0: really you didn't? No, I didn't. See it, it it
1: Why don't you talk about the other thing? Speak so on it.
0: I, yeah. This is uh this is from IDW. Uh by Thomas F. Zaller and uh, Colors by Luigi Anderson this is time and vine number 1 uh, you show me a story that involves <laughs> wine of any a sort I'll um basically you have my interest and uh this kind of I was interested you because it, um, there is there's one thing that I will miss, uh, if and when we move out of state, and that will be the wines we can get from upstate. Uh, the Hudson Valley has some great, great vineyards, and we've had, uh, quite a bit of wine from some of them. And, uh, I like the idea that this is a story set. Uh, the location is in the Hudson Valley. Um, not quite upstate New York, but yeah, uh, this is, uh, the, the main characters are Jack Cadell and, uh, Megan Howe. And then Darren, who's an employee of, of, uh, at the winery, but he doesn't rate a, uh, the last name. And I was really enjoying the story and it kind of made a sharp turn, not quite halfway through, and I wasn't sure if I was going to um, enjoy it with this twist. And uh, I stuck out the first issue. And I I like the idea because Tom made the characters interesting enough for me to see where things go uh, over the summer. Megan has decided to. She's a teacher. She's a history teacher. And uh, she has decided to work at... The, uh, the winery for uh, for the summer, and the, the reason why is because this is a, this is where it gets a little weird, this is where I was like a little, I was enjoying the whole talk about the wine and stuff, but it turns out that the winery is a, um, there's magic here, and uh, down in the wine cellar, if Jack pours you a glass of wine from a year from, from, from a certain year You both have that advantage. You then get transported uh, to after a few, after a few sips, you are then in the year the wine was bottled and um, it starts off. Uh, it is, it, it is present day. It does start off in, in 2017. Uh, but, the the first sip takes them to uh it is 19 I'm sorry is it, I think it's uh I'm sorry it may have been 1916 I am uh yes 1916 is where they end up new year's eve 1916 but it's i really like the concept i i i like the uh I like the research Tom put into it. Is uh, it where they have champagne on New Year's Eve? And uh, it's from the same winery that Jack Holmes said that they were in barely an hour before. And Megan mentions that, you know, I thought champagne. Something could only be labeled champagne. You could only have champagne if it came from that region in France. But it turns out that uh in the early nineteen hundreds, uh that is champagne could have been used uh as a term for sparkling wine, uh if it came from elsewhere. It didn't need to only come from France, from, from Champagne and, and uh that's a law that went into effect um i think before 1920 but uh i like i said i i appreciate the the research and and the reference that that tom has my the i think if the part that is not easy uh for me is i'm not i i like tom's art when uh, like from love and capes um I'm used to his style. This is a little different this time and it, it doesn't um for me, it kinda doesn't really work with the story. I, I like the idea of it, but it's it's not so easy for me to see the way these characters are portrayed to have them telling the story. There there there's some there's some heavy moments where you're you're trying to um when they go back in time, they you know jack tends to see his um he's a widower so he sees his wife and uh we're not quite sure what happened um with her but there are times where they go back in time and and jack kind of gets upset because he sees them not he sees the himself when he's younger and his eventual wife they're not um they're not together they they're they're, they're they're being foolish and, and missing moments that they could be sharing together. So so there's regret on his part. Whereas Megan uh wants to be wants to be closer to mom because mom is suffering from Alzheimer's. And uh mom doesn't remember a whole lot. She thinks Megan is, is about to graduate college and not that she is a a full grown woman who is teaching. And uh there are little bright spots that, that mom remembers like the moon landing. So Megan asked Jack to uh, take her back to that moment in time where they could watch the the boom landing on TV. And and the art makes it feel comes across like it could be a lighthearted story, and and some of the actions and and uh, conversations people have don't really line up with Tom's art style for this story for me. But overall, I uh, I'm going to give the next couple of issues a shot because I want to see more about the uh, I want to see more of, of of the location. I want to see more about. The winery and 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 what uh compare it to what i've picked up on the wine tours we we've gone on because i don't I, I think tom is from out west i believe he's a california guy so um it's not like he's around here to do all this research so um props for you know working on something that for the bulk of it is is, is something that's on the other side of the country but the uh I want to see where things go with these characters. I just, um, I think the look of it is is what is is the hurdle I'm going to have to get over if I want to continue it.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Well, let me say that um, I didn't know this book existed until you asked us to read it. Um. Tom. Tom is everything. creator owned books for a long time. Love and capes probably being the most famous. Um, but, uh, he's at every con I think we've ever been to. Oh yeah. Sitting right next uh, to Tony. Always sitting next to Tony. Uh, they both are, um, for those that don't know, Tom is a very prominent member as is Tony of the, my little pony IDW crew. He draws, uh, just like Tony. I'm pretty sure he draws one of the books every month, at least most months. um, and then finds time to do his own stuff, too. So, uh, and I've always, I've never read Love and Capes, but my understanding is it's a book that definitely has a very um, passionate fan base. Um, and Tom loves to write about, no pun intended, like likes to write about uh, relationships. Yes. Um, and I do think there is a market for that because there are not a lot of people that do that on a regular basis. Um, So I don't have anything bad to say about the book, other than it just didn't connect with me. Um, I I didn't find the the premise engaging personally. Um, I thought it was well executed. Um, Funny, my my stepmother's favorite movie of all time was Somewhere in Time. Oh wow! Christopher Reeve. Yes, um, Jane Seymour yeah and Jane Seymour and this reminded me a bit of that um, in its own way but uh but yeah so i I think there's definitely a market for this book and it's ser- serving a niche that is not being addressed in a lot of other places. My only question or concern will a book like this get into the hands of the people that would most enjoy it is my question I think this would be a book that would be ultimately better served on a on a uh, promotional end cap of a bookstore. Um, I, I I wonder if the people that would get the most out of this are people that aren't frequenters of LCS um, in general. Um, but yeah, and we, I'm with you on the art. You know, again, I don't want to besmirch Tom. I mean, he's an accomplished cartoonist, and uh, oh yeah. But, uh, but for me, and again, just being present for me, the art was not not of my of my personal preference. Just. You know, and again it's not because it's bad art, it just didn't connect with me. Little, little little on the cartoony side for what this for the story we were reading. I which is I think what you were getting at. So Yes. Um But uh yeah, I mean the grape though, can anything be bad with the grape in it?
0: Seriously. And I, I think the uh I did see this a couple months ago in previews and, and I had the page dog here that didn't make the cut for that. But um Gave it a shot with the uh, digital version hit, and yeah, I can't. Uh, I am. I'm glad I read it, and but it's it's one of those things where you know I wasn't sure if again because of Tom's Style, if based on the solicitive, if the if this I didn't realize I didn't know the story was going to be mm-hmm. as heavy. As it is with 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 these people and and the losses that they've had or or maybe having soon, um, I expected something a little bit more. Well, like lighthearted, basically. But yeah, I I know that uh, you know IDW knows they. Uh, I, I think it's a very good relationship between Tom and IDW with the work he's sure. doing for them and 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 they've published his other work. So it's um it's definitely benefits to mutually the uh, but I do know like Vince said he did not get um, very far into it
1: no I yeah again I don't want to besmirch the creators I'll just say
3: there's
1: there was nothing in this book to compel me to read it Um I just it didn't connect with me at all but I'm I'm not I'm definitely not the audience for this. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. I'm not a part of the audience uh, anyway.
2: Right, right. Yeah. What did connect with
1: you? Well, something connected with me very strongly this week. Um, it's related to comics, but it's not a comic per se. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, it's very easy to become incensed and enraged and irrational. When we read something mm-hmm. that basically tears apart a person in the industry that we know and love. And it's also very easy to fly off the handle and, and start flipping F-bombs and <laughs> descend into personal attacks. But like the target of this hit piece, I'm not going to plow down that road. I, I would just like to address uh, a recent um, – I don't even know what to call it.
0: I, yeah, seriously. Uh, it, it's not, an article. It's an article. It's a, sm-
1: it's a, it's, it's a smear piece, uh, basically, yeah. um, written by one R.J. Casey over at the Comics Journal. Unlike the Journal, I would like to preface my comments with a very important conflict of interest disclaimer. I consider Craig Yo a friend. I think we all do. Uh, and as I've said many times in the past, I love what the guy does. I love his publications. I love his passion for the oddball comics. I love the man, period. So that said, author R.J. Casey takes Yo to task in a, in a piece called Yo Books, colon, A Disservice to Comics History. Wow, drama, right? Strong um, words. Yeah, Strong words. Uh, but in a nutshell, so you don't have to read it. You, I'll put the link maybe in the show notes, and you can go read it if you want. But, but Casey's major beefs with yo books are poor publication design. Um, he does not like uh, the original material that's presented in a chip kid style comics verite, which means that the 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 art was in his. Estimation unceremoniously scanned from original printed material with zero restoration. Okay, he also doesn't like that some of Yo's material is undocumented. He wants to know where these things came from, he wants to know all the history about everything presented. It's just like he doesn't feel that there's enough fleshing out of the material for for his tastes. And lastly, he takes. Uh, issue with the fact that Craig Yeo's name is often set in a larger point size on the covers than the names of the artists. Um, His own words, uh, it starts off bad and it just gets worse from there. He he writes, the hardcovers discharged monthly, now that's a very important word, discharged as in poop. Um, monthly by the IDW imprint Yo Books have varying themes and subject matters ranging from wacky horror stories, Now count the times he uses the word wacky, wacky horror stories and wacky romance stories, all the way to wacky funny animal stories. See what he's doing here? He's using the word wacky in a derogatory fashion, saying you know, he's he's making light of the stuff that, that Yo does as being uh, wacky is something that, you, that a true curator of the arts or, or, or fan of the arts would overlook as if it's a bad thing. Wacky to me is not a bad thing. Wacky is a, is a badge of honor. And yes the Yo stuff is wacky and it's off kilter and it's, it's out there but it, that's what makes it great. But anyway he also says he has published books and this is very important albeit lesser works by the upper echelon of cartoonists. People like Dick Briefer, Steve Ditko, Frank Frazetta uh, deserve the appreciation they've rightly garnered, but when published by Yo Books, they are always second on the call sheet. That's because Craig Yo values the collector over the artist. For him, the wistful idea of a rolled-up comic book stuffed into the pocket of his dungarees trumps the tangible fact that these cartoonists unceremoniously toiled away years of their lives to create all of this dumb fun. Are you serious? Really? I mean, this is these are, are works that were produced on the cheap, sold on the cheap, thought of as disposable entertainment because they were and still are yes there's there's artifice involved in these things but they want as this is what the journal does they want to take the fun out of comics oh yes because comics shouldn't be fun they should be we should be scholars we should scour over every panel and tear it apart and 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 just study these things for decades comics are meant to be fun I like nothing more than rolling a comic book up and put it in my back pocket. That's the gist of what Yo does. He takes all this weird, wacky stuff and presents it in a way that is entertaining and it is disposable income. And When when he says that, yes, the stuff is scanned from printed material and there's no restoration involved at all, as a person who has done restoration... On, on many, many things, I will say it's both expensive and time consuming, not to mention if the original source material is not available, as is the case with almost all of this stuff that Yo's printing, it's almost impossible to restore it. You have to find it. You're never going to find an artist's edition of the stuff Yo published because the original stuff is almost impossible to get so what he's doing is he's taking these important works of pop culture and he's presenting them in an inexpensive relatively inexpensive manner and he's making these artists known how many people in our well not our generation but the current generation of comic book readers they don't know who these guys are they've probably never heard of dick briefer um and yet Here's Yo saying, look, look what you missed because you weren't born 50 years ago. There was all this cool stuff being published back then. And here it is. Yo also does not discount the passage of time. That's another thing the journal would love to do and erase time completely and print these things as pristine as they possibly can. Yo acknowledges that time has passed since these things were printed. This is what they look like now. either look at them the way they look now or you don't see them at all am I right Mm -hmm. the ink hickeys are there the off-registration color yellowed paper like these are all how these things look now and it's just it it's it's a a way back machine into a time when they were considered junk and a portion a, a large part of them they're still junk but they're great junk They're well-crafted junk, but it's still junk. Do you guys disagree with me at all on this? I agree with
2: everything you said. Uh, I think um, I haven't been as avid a reader of the journal as you or David have over the years. I do peruse it every now and then. Um, I've always been perplexed by the journal because there seems to be a tremendous amount of haterade and I don't know who it serves. I feel like it's always been the 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 like the, the 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 artsy fartsy kids in the corner that think everybody else in the world is just ridiculous and they're the only ones that get it. They're the only and ones feel, that know what cool is. Yeah and, yeah, and I just find that super ironic in a medium that is comic books, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. it's it's the definition of low of low art and that's why we love it. Um there are a number of interesting responses within the TCJ um, posts. Um, well, before
1: you read you know, one of them, I just want to say one. I just want to uh-huh. respond to just one thing. Uh-huh. We're all aware of the hypocrisy that is, is rife in this piece. They're very hypocritical. And I think one of the main things is that he takes Yo to task because the stuff is just scanned from printed material untouched and yet the editor of the comics journals online incarnation dan Nadell, one of the one of the two editors did the exact same thing in his time out of my uh, art out of time art in time books there's pages most of it is just scanned from the original printed material like so dan Nadell can do it and get a reputation for it like those books are are very highly regarded because they're great right i'm not going to undercut dan those two books are fantastic and yet it's the same exact thing that craig yo's doing so why Mm -hmm. is why is it okay for dan to have done it but when yo does it's it's ooh, it's verboten i don't get it it's it's hypocritical
2: i i agree completely and Adele takes takes shots in the comments Direct yeah. Oh, Yo. really?
1: I didn't read yeah. too far into the
2: comments. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no Dan, should... Ad- Dan Adele says, R.J. Casey couldn't be more right, and the hilariously anti-culture and anti-comics history defenders prove his point. There are tons of better ways to publish this material, and moreover, most of it is available online for free. So the idea that somehow Yo is resurrecting anything and making it available is absurd. He's instead flooding the market and doing a disservice to the artists by obscuring their names and histories, and the artists and the art form are what's most important.
1: He does not obscure their names. If you notice, every time I talk about haunted horror or weird love, I always say, this was written, or this was printed in blah, 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 the year and the artist he lists all of that on the very first page of each each story and if he doesn't know who drew it he says artist unknown he he there's there is attributes to every story that Craig craigio publishes it's bullshit it is it's, t- it's total bullshit even the, the 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 horror books they will be introduced by someone either tied to the stories someone who had worked on the stories or a scholar that has studied the stories so you do get background information. I just, I don't understand why the target is, pr- is pointed at Craig Yo. I don't get it. And and another thing that th- he says, if luxury coffee table books are just as disposable as the original dime store floppies, then what's the point? That's the entire point. This was considered disposable art. But the, the, the thing that he focuses on, coffee table books, coffee table books are what tight assed trendy, image-conscious people buy to make their tight-ass, trendy, image-conscious guests think that they're more cultured than they actually are. T- coffee table books don't get read. They are just put like trophies on the coffee table. People come over, oh, you're into this. Right. Yes, I am into this. I like, would say
2: if you want to take a shot at coffee table books, and, and this is another publisher I personally enjoy, but would be more apt for this kind of criticism, Toshin. Yes, Taschen makes coffee table books. Exactly, I love the publisher, but mm-hmm. they make books
1: designed by their sub their very subject matters. They make books designed to increase the status of those that own them,
3: or, yeah, or well, make
1: or make the people that own them think their status has increased within their little client. It's, it's just I don't understand where this is coming from. I really don't.
2: Well, it's clearly coming from jealousy. We know that it's uh, embarrassing the, the, for the journal. The writer, the writer, was the publisher of Yeti Press, yeah. And they went out of business this year. Now he works for Fantagraphics. Um, he was nominated for an Eisner. This gentleman's books were nominated for an Eisner for best archival reprint last year, and he lost to you guessed it, Craig Yeo and mm. Yo and your Books. Um, Very interesting, Carol. Carol Tilley, who um, was one of the voters uh, for the Eisners this year, wrote a fantastic response in the comments, um, and she says that she requested that TCJ add a disclaimer that stated that RJ is an employee of Fantagraphics, which, pub- which publishes both the CT- TCJ and comics reprints. Um, she said it reads as a hit piece on a rival publisher without a disclaimer. And even if there were a disclaimer, it reads less like a critique and more like a cruelly unnecessary attack on a person, which I agree with. Uh, she then says that she is friends with Craig, uh, and she was a member of the Eisner Judging Committee uh, when Yo Books was nominated and won for an Eisner. She also wrote the introduction to one of the Weird Love Collections. Um, she said it. Uh, anyone that knows Craig and his editorial team know that they love comics and know Gold and Silver age creators and their output better than nearly anyone else. Um, she as you said Vince said his titles are seldom "quote unquote" luxury coffee table books but are rather affordable 20 to 25 dollar thematically curated reading editions of out of print comics you may not care for his wacky persona and marketing but if you spend more than two minutes talking with Craig you'd be able to see his knowledge of passion and deep respect for the medium and again as someone who knows Craig far less than you do but have had the pleasure of getting to meet him recently I 100% agree with that he is he is um, I think surprisingly serious in his demeanor when he's talking about the, the, the books themselves. Right. He's a crazy dude, and he's wacky and fun and a hell of a great Facebook follow, but he takes his work very seriously.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Um, he, she, she goes on to say, yes, comics are art, but comics are also fun. They're ephemeral, meant to be rolled up, stuffed into the back pockets of dungarees, read right until they fall apart. Many of them were lousily printed the first time around. Sure. That's part of the attraction. That's the joy. If you can't recognize that, you shouldn't be writing comics criticism. Points there. Somebody's knocking on your door. Um, and I'm the one with the sound issues. Uh, <laughs> oh, dig burn. a dig, dig down. Look Diggy at burn. this. I love and it. Then, she, then she personally addresses the author, RJ. She says, RJ, I admired the comics you created and the ones you published through Yeti Press. You know firsthand that the publishing business is often soul-killing with few rewards. Your current employer, Fanagraphics, publishes plenty of reprints and other titles, which end up on remaindered shelves. I've seen plenty of cheap copies of things like Strange Suspense and Four-Color Fear, among others. Even in the company's store page, where titles like these are discounted, they're still more expensive to purchase than most of Yo's books. Yeah. Don't like Yo's books? Don't buy them. Don't like Craig? Fine. Don't stoop to ad hominem attacks that masquerade as critique. This sensationalistic brutality does nothing to move comics criticism forward. Yeah, it's good. And I, I think it's absolutely well said and, and 100% true. And I just, I guess what I ask is as I read through the comics, um, there's a lot of people that are clearly TCJ loyalists that are saying, haha, yeah, good, good you got them. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I,
2: I, I just wonder, though, how unfun are their lives? Oh, can you so. imagine a Comics Journal convention?
1: It, oh. it, Could it's... you imagine? No.
2: And I, and I will be honest. I. I know we every now and then have that esoteric conversation of, can you separate the art from the creator? Yeah. Uh, and I think we're all in the same boat that, that we have had moments in our lives where we can and moments in our lives where we probably cannot. Uh, I, I have gone out of my way to support fanographics and I do think they put out a lot of great stuff. But when I see stuff like this, I almost wish I wasn't aware of it because it makes me want to give Fantagraphics exactly zero of my dollars. Right, right.
1: And I, I understand that. And, um, again, I have an almost complete run of the Comics Journal. I have learned so much in the pages of that, that periodical. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I owe them because uh, it, it was an education in a lot of things, comics, that I, I had no idea existed uh, it as the investigative journalism when they were on was which was very often was amazing um, but they do resort to attacks like these every so often um, Harlan Ellison Danny Hellman uh, you know if, if you just manage to tweak someone uh, higher up there uh, you you were in the crosshairs. And I, I, I've never really understood that. Um, you know, it's, it's you, all are one in this industry or they should be right. But right. I, I guess, the, you know, they don't see it that way. Um, a couple of things. Dan Nadal is exactly right. You can find a lot of what Craig publishes online for free. Uh, and, and I have, Lamented. How many times have I said when we were going through the previews, I love classic reprints. I've re. There's probably my favorite thing, one of my favorite things, and the one of the things I lament over is the fact that they're so damn expensive. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: the reason why they're so expensive is because of the restoration work involved. Now, and I think this is funny in a piece like this. um, Hermes Press is not mentioned. Which produced the most god awful reprints of of the Phantom that I've ever seen, and even worse checker books. Checker books are atrocious. That's for, true. Um, yes. I mean, I have many of the Nemo and Slumberland uh, reprint things that that checker books did. They're, they're they're almost unreadable. And yet those publishers aren't mentioned in there. Why? Because it's not so much of let's you know, focus on quality reprints of classic material just for the sake of of, uh, you know, the history books and let's show everybody how beautiful and, and amazing this artwork was. No, it's that's not what this piece is about. This piece is about kneecapping Craig, Craig Yell. And, and and I think it's biting them on the ass because the rallying around Craig um, is, is pretty amazing. And you see what he did? He published his list of his favorite fanographics yep. books. It's like, that's just that's classy. That just says mm-hmm. I love comics. And before we, and no, when and you this, go
2: low, we go high.
1: Right, but I mean, and this is going to sound like a, a our our version of a hit piece against Fantagraphics, and it's not. I just don't understand why. You know, like Jason says, why you got to be like that?
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I I, I think separating the t- comics journal from Fantagraphics is important to me because I I, I own a crap ton of Fantagraphics stuff. I, I always I always pour through every. Every listing they have in previews to make sure that I'm giving everything its due, and and they're one of the publishers that often will surprise me the most with something that I wouldn't have otherwise even known existed. Sure. Well,
1: they publish great stuff. I mean, yeah. my man Josh Bayer and Ben Maher are there now, and you know, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. when when you're the publisher of Love and Rockets, that alone is a, a major feather in your in your cap. But right, you, you do again, like you said, you said it great. You have to separate. The, the, uh, the persona from the the material, and but when they're both the same,:
2: Yes, right.
1: Like publisher and published stuff, they become synonymous after a while. It's, it's hard to do. Uh, a lot of, I, I know a lot of people that turned away from Fanographic just because of Gary's vitriol over a lot of different stuff. They just refuse sure. to admit that comics can be fun. Mm-hmm. Reluctantly. All right, enough of that. But that's well what, said, though. That's what happened this week. So let's right. talk about some fun comics. Oh, yeah. I have many. Do you? I do. Do you want? I mean, I just talked for whatever.
2: Do, 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 does that include... Oh, it doesn't. No. You only, that's all you read this week? You're busy, huh?
1: I read a lot of stuff. Okay.
2: You didn't put it down the on Just the slack.
1: slack it though, no. But no, if you look at the slack, those the, the things that I did read, people aren't this is not making for funness. Uh the the second one on the list is gigantic.
2: It's, oh okay, it's cool. a massive book. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Alright, cool. Um well Dap, yeah, you you want to talk about uh our our boy Remender and what he's putting down on that deadly class?
0: Do it. We could definitely do that. Yes, yes, let's. You should kick that off.
2: So, Deadly Class, clearly, since it's been coming out, one of my favorite books. uh, We give it all the love, all the time, deservedly so. Issue they're up to issue number thirty, and we're about—I guess—we're just shy of a year into the second, the second year, the second class. Um. I think the last time we talked about the book was after 28, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where we were gushing um and if spoilers if you haven't read the book recently, although we did spoil we we I'm going to respoil something we already spoiled the last time we talked about it. So, if for some reason you managed not to listen to that episode because you didn't want to be spoiled, then fast forward about 2 minutes until I spoil it again, which is that Marcus is alive and well. Um and This is, Remender is doing things in this book that impress me on a lot of levels. Um, First of all, I'm a huge fan of almost everything he's ever done. And I find this particularly uh, endearing because he has acknowledged on our show and in other places that this is his most personal work. Uh, It's set in the 80s. Uh, he grew up in the eighties it's uh it's it's an a, a an extreme uh, fictionalized version of of a childhood that he lived through um and so that fascinates me so I find that engaging um I think the premise is cool which is an assassin's school that's super cool um and I love that after making us fall in love with a set of characters for two years he at least for a while, had us thinking that they were all killed off and just introduced an entirely new class to have to go through their own freshman ordeals. The last few issues, we've gotten to know this new class quite well. Um, And credit to him and Wes Craig in that I have found this new class more and more endearing in their own rights with each successive issue. Uh, I think at first I was less inclined to care about them because I thought, well, are they going to suffer a similar fate? Are they just plot contrivances? Are they really as important as the first set of characters? Uh, or are they just a bridge to getting those characters back to prominence? And I think it's pretty clear now through 30 issues that he has big plans for a lot of these characters too, in their own rights and that, uh, their lives are going to intertwine, uh, increasingly so with the, uh, prior years class. Um, and I I wonder if the book continues if we'll get a, a another class and another class I, that that'll be interesting to see, but where we are now is um, Quan, who is the young Vietnamese freshman, uh, who betrayed Saya a few issues ago. Um, he and the rest of the freshman crew are um, heading down to Mexico for Thanksgiving break. And they all think they're heading into Mexico. It was Kwan's idea, and they all think they're going into Mexico just to hang out, blow off some steam, uh, enjoy. Um, they're going to a a oceanfront town where uh, the shrimp are as big as, as you know, golf balls, so forth, so on. Um, and they're just bonding. They're on a road trip, and they're bonding. And, uh, but we know as the reader that Kwan is bringing them down to Mexico because that is where his lady love are. And he's going down there to kill Marcus because they now the 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 powers that be know that he's alive. Um, so it's setting up for a fascinating encounter uh, between the freshmen and the sophomores um, and we're going back and forth between different groups now, I think deftly, so for an issue we'll see saya's ish uh situation and then we'll and then this issue we don't see anything about her and it goes back and forth. So um, I, I fear for um, – I have a sneaking suspicion a lot of the freshmen that Rick and Wes have tried very hard to make us start loving in the last few issues for this world, unfortunately. I worry that we're going to take some gut punches soon. Um, what do you think, David? Do you agree?
0: I definitely agree. Um, I think there might be one or two twists coming uh but i i think it's it's a roller coaster we we thought we thought we knew Marcus's fate and things were revealed and while we haven't it hasn't been issue after issue of marcus and maria it's we're we're pretty I think as, as readers with everything else going on in this in the book, I think we're we're content with or at least I am in, in, in thinking that they're okay. They're I'm not gonna say they're they may not be safe, but they're away from school and they can go on with their lives. And uh I think we're almost at that point where things are going to get turned on its head. And uh, because there are a lot of things happening and some of them to the same people, because Quan you know, has a, has a quote unquote job to do. And, and, uh, but he is also as, Victor tells him in issue 29, he is Victor's bitch. And there's, there are things that are going to come to a head with a few different people. And, uh, it's, it's probably going to be more intense than, uh, than the, the senior prom was. -hmm. It's, it's a, uh, and I think it's, even though you kind of have to pay attention in a book like this because there are so many characters, there are times where you're, well, I am just, I'm consumed by the story. I, I'm along for the ride and I can't, I don't, I trust Rick. I trust West. So I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride. I don't see the manipulations going on. I, I, I don't see Rick pulling the strings to put things in place. And, Mm -hmm. And I am completely surprised when things happen, when things are revealed and, and it makes for just such a, an entertaining and, and emotional read. And, and it's, it is definitely a book where I, I don't want to, I don't want to know what's coming. I, I want to, as I read each page, I want to be in the moment. I don't. I. I, I don't want to bother with solicits. I don't want to know that you know so and so survives or you ain't seen nothing. I just want to. I completely trust them to take me where I need to go. And and this is one of those books where I. I'm completely. Whatever the creators want to do, I it, there's enough credit in the bank there with me that I mean they it, we've I think the craziest thing they've done in a book about a school that trains assassins the most i can't believe they did that was bring marcus back and and because some that and i believe you mentioned it before that that that's one of those things that it's kind of tricky it's not it's not something that they can repeat too many times with any of the characters and it's since everything else was so deliberate as as to how the story was progressing for them to kind of pull an almost X-Men like resurrection with one of the main characters. It was because we, th- we knew Marcus from he was in the first issue. It, 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 was, it was almost like it was Earl Tubber. It was just like, this is a main dude and now he's dead. And it's like, anything can happen to anybody in this book. And I don't think it was a, a cheap trick that they brought him back but it was one of those things where everything else is so final in this in this series right right a sense of finality about everything and for them to to do this where they kind of bring him back that's outrageous really isn't the best word for it but that is the most craziest thing in in, in a book like this that that they've done mm-hmm. so and even with that move i'm still like Okay, cool. I'll just. All right. What? What's next? Who? Who's in the next class? Who's? Who's trying to piss somebody else off? Who's going to kill? I just. It's. It is such a. Each issue is just one of those things where I I'm 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 glad a book like this exists. Yeah, this is, this is why I so enjoy reading comic books.
2: There's so much '80s goodness in this issue. It's in issue 30. It's particularly nostalgic. Um, the I love when they're eating uh, in the restaurant, and then you realize it's McDonald's because there's Mayor McCheese and grimace in the yes. signs in the background, which is awesome. Um, the the dialogue it's just so perfect for each character. You just get a sense of like Gunther is the the German metalhead, and and he's just such a meathead, and it's so fitting. Like he um he goes to the bathroom, and he comes out, and he says, um, and he says, uh, do you do you also feel? a secret pride when you clog a toilet. And then, um, and then uh, one of the characters says, do Germans have a special word for that? And then he says, it feels as if you've done something bigger than any man expected you to do. (laughs) You know, Um, there's also, Rick is a huge music fan, uh, massive. And he just has a ton of fun with that because on the road trip, they're all playing different, taking turns playing music. And Petra says, uh, you know how she's got all kinds of music and she's like new Depeche mode. Susie and the Banshees, New Order, Jane's Addictions, The Pixies, Devo, Cocteau, Twins, The Cult, Book of Love, Peter Murphy, Duran Duran. And then Gunther's like, Duran Duran, what? Um, but it's just they go back and forth, it's great. And then one guy's like, oh, that's all bullshit. How about we play some of the cramps? <laughs> and the, then the other guy, another dude's like, fucking Rockabilly? White people who hated you. Um it's, it's just uh it's just great. I, I just think the dialogue is so smart. Every character is so distinctive, both visually as well as as, as the characterization. Um, for for what is a relatively small amount of, of, of dialogue, in the sense of, of it being 22 pages a month, I just feel as though they've let us get to know these characters in a meaningful way very quickly. Uh, and that is not easy to accomplish. I feel it, heck, let's be honest, I think there are Marvel and DC characters that we've probably read for 30 years that I don't feel I know as well, <laughs> in terms of who they are. So huge huge props and, and and I always say you know when we talk about this book we often talk about the characters and the plot but man this book would just be a fraction of what it is without Wes um, I just I, I can't get over um, how talented he is um, he makes talking heads as exciting as, as, as sword and gunfights um, he does both with equal ability and that is not an easy thing to do because um, this book doesn't have a lot of moments where it is talking heads uh, and yet it's it's I never feel as though the book uh, is boring um, or, or, or moving slowly. So um, that is all about his ability to, to to hit the moment, hit the right backgrounds, the right the right framing sequences, the right layouts. Uh, it's he's a master. He truly is a master. I, I think Wes is moving up my list of, of underappreciated cartoonists in our era because I, I, I don't think many people mention his name um, as one of the best people in the biz today and I would dare say to me he's one of the best in the biz at this point. I love him. I agree. Cosine. I'm, I'm taking by your silence you're behind on this. I am. But Damn that, you
1: No, but that's okay. I I it will get I will get caught up soon. Cool. I like to read uh Deadly Class in chunks, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes I hear you. It reads much I hear you. in chunks to me. Not that mm-hmm. it reads bad in single issues, it's just a more uh fulfilling experience when I can read a nice big in a bulky uh group. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, I have some stuff from image too. I know you do. I'm gonna have a, gonna have a massive image rama Um I won't spill the beans, but in uh the massive Landmark uh, anniversary issue uh, Number 225 of Savage Dragon We lose a character very important To the book Um, There was also a resolution of sorts To the Mr. Glum The the most recent Mr. Glum storyline And there's even a semi-resolution To the Dark Lord story But I don't want to talk about 225 I want to talk about 226 Mm. which is Eric Larson taking sides and getting very political. He does not like the current status of American politics. My man. He is not a fan of oh, Trump. No, not a fan of Trump.
3: Oh, no. Um right on the no. cover.
1: Malcolm and Maxine are running and Malcolm has uh, they they both have the their their children in in their hands. And looming large behind them is Donald Trump on the cover of Savage Dragon saying, kill them, kill the aliens. And there's all Trump supporters around them in curlers and wife beaters and plaid shirts Mm -hmm. throwing rocks at uh, Malcolm and and Maxine. Uh, The deal is that in in this Savage Dragon universe, uh, Donald Trump is president. And he signs an executive order outlying all extraterrestrials in the United States. Now, if you've uh, been reading Savage Dragon, you know that the original dragon, Emperor Kerr, was in fact an alien. And Malcolm is half alien. So he is no longer welcome in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, xenophobia throughout this entire issue. I mean, Larson he doesn't pussyfoot. Uh, there's a a giant panel on one page with a profile of Trump, and and you know it the, the orange skin, uh, pale around the eye sockets, and and he's he's screaming, and there's all his supporters <laughs> in the foreground saying they don't belong here. Plenty of well and the n words used. Um oh yeah. Uh, but it's it it fits um because we're we're not supposed to like these people and they they do use words like that. Um another man kill the aliens, protect our children, rapists and killers. We don't need them, we don't want them. What have they ever done for us? Now Malcolm's a police officer like daddy. So, okay. Um ban the ban CNN and NBC from the White House. Trump swore in to protect, clean up, help America, and he's doing it like a hurricane. I mean, if if you are saddened and scared, and you know, f- full to the brim with American politics, you're probably not going to like the current trend <laughs> in in Savage Dragon because he's uh, in the next issue. Uh, Malcolm and Maxine go to Canada. To escape, the the uh, the current horrors of America, so we'll see where that goes. But props to Larson for for taking aside. That's that's what this book has always done. He, he's mm-hmm. al- he's always spoken through the events and the stories um, on on many many things: religion, uh, but now politics, um, sex, and and. I I just love this book, and I'm glad that I I, I got back on it because um, when I didn't read it for that uh, few months, uh, I think six or seven, um, that equals maybe four issues of Savage Dragon.
3: Yeah, that
1: uh, I missed it. I really did. Um, you got to pay attention because the the Savage Dragon mythology goes all the way back to the beginning, and Larson will remind you from time to time of the connections he's making, but a lot of times he doesn't. So uh, you, you got to know your, your Savage Dragon mythology. And um, again, he's, it's, it's just fun stuff. Well, it's a little darker now, but but Mm -hmm. it's, it's the the current trend and it'll change. You know, he'll, he'll eventually tire of doing this and he'll start something else. And that's the, that's the great thing about Savage Dragon. Sometimes he does a year of just, Commandy homages, where where uh, Dragon will be in a, um, a different land with different characters and creatures, and and it's it's all in in homage to the king. And then other times he'll just do it, he'll he'll go off on another tangent and send Dragon to hell where or, or or heaven where he meets God and the devil. It's like it's it's just totally unpredictable comics, and that's what makes this book great. And he's still doing it two hundred and twenty six issues later,
2: yeah, you were saying when you were getting a little frustrated with it that you thought he had just decided to almost fly in the face of the fact that nobody reads it anymore by just doing whatever the hell he wanted shocking to shock people to see if anyone noticed yeah and do you do you think that's still what what do you
1: yeah i I don't think he gives a mm-hmm. shit what anybody thinks I think he just wants to make the comic that he wants to read. And sure. and it, what I saw as a detriment turns out to be the book's greatest strength. Mm-hmm. So maybe again, it was just me. It's not him. It's me. Uh, and I, I because I've read it since the miniseries, and you know, every issue since. It's just sometimes we tire of things because they are so familiar and be- because they're they're constantly with us. And it's you know. Um, sometimes you don't want to go to work right it's but it's 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 just an omnipresent thing in our lives and we just tire of routine and reading savage dragon for 226 issues in spots it becomes routine and and you forget how much you love it until it's taken away or you you discard it and then you're like whoa i miss it i gotta get it back and i did and I always tell myself I won't make the same mistake twice, but sometimes I do. And and I hope I don't make it again and stop reading Dragon in the future. But uh-huh. I, I I really love the book. I, I love his approach to cartooning. He's he's loose and free and does whatever the freak he wants. He'll get hyper detailed some issues, other issues. He just it's 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 almost gestural. I mean it's it's, it's a treat, and and I think more people should be in on it. Um, you know, and there's, there was the Osama bin Laden cover. He was very loyal to, to Obama. uh, And in the pages of Savage Dragon, Obama, you know, he, he was praised for the great man he was, you know, so uh, is, is, um, it's, it's fun. It's fun stuff. It, it, but it's uh, at this point, it's very hard to jump in.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it is a great regret for me that I have read so little Savage Dragon, um yeah I don't know it's not it's certainly not by design there's just one of those things where it feels so daunting now
1: yeah but I will say 226 was a reset button
2: mm-hmm.
1: if if you want which was
2: the triple x one
1: uh that was 220 there was a 225 triple x cover that's just the, okay. it was just the cover and it,
0: wasn't oh, it was was really, just the cover. yeah
1: it was wasn't really triple x I mean he could have no, got us got a lot more hardcore but he didn't mm-hmm. um it was just a thing and I still have yet to get one of those I need one big time oh he needs it i needs it but um the the book is Mm -hmm. is more explicit now than it's ever been
2: Mm -hmm. Um, uh,
1: there are female characters that get into fights and their costumes will rip and in places where like um, a quarter of a nipple shows through and and in in issue 225 there's a story featuring angel where she basically fights in the nude for part of the story, so it's his book he's doing what he wants to do, and um, I can't say that because i will i wanted to say something, but I can't because it's a major spoiler but um yeah, angel Murphy battle girl and she's she's fighting and and her costume just be- just gets ripped off, and it's it's breasts like all over the place, you
3: know, mhm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Uh, it, it's a great book. It really is. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. It, it's just fun comics. They don't and speaking, like, uh, speaking of things charm.
2: worth celebrating, yeah, we have some shout-outs to do. We do. Look
1: at this. A segue.
2: Hit it up, my man, Dap. Uh, let's see. We're at 493. These are Patreon shout-outs for our newest... Our newest um, sponsors at the ten dollars a month level.
0: You guys, are the yes. Best. So let me throw them in the Skype so we can all join in. I got it on we the s- on the Slack here. Oh, good. Okay, so we start off with Paul
2: Harvey Jr. We do, and followed closely behind in a photo finish by Mr. Richard Shannon. Oh, I get Michael Paul Whitehead. Awesome. Yeah, you do. Look at yes. that. Yes, you do. He's you great. do. <laughs>
0: Oh. Did you plan it that way? Listener and friend no, because I had no idea who was going second and third. Uh long time, listener, and friend and um and talented individual, Mr. Dean Stahl. Stop. Yes, and and
2: bringing up the rear, but certainly far from least, Mr. Jeffrey, don't call me citizen, steal. Nice. George the
1: animal. Nice. Yeah, it's kicking. Um, we've been throwing up a, a lot of content uh, for the Patreon supporters. You, you and David have been throwing up a lot of content. Well, I didn't want to say,
2: but since you did, uh, that's uh, the real, real. You've been busy. Uh, um, I have, but I, I'm, I'm today officially marks the end of my football busy season. So nice.
1: Thanks to David uh, suggesting the scheduling option on, on the, <laughs> in the Patreon post, <laughs> I have um, dropped the cover a day project images up until next monday
2: don't bring them behind the scenes like that no i'm
1: i'm just doing them i'm batching them and it's working out great because i could do an entire week at a time and uh people seem to love them you get a a, yes and a a a cover in your mailbox or on your on your phone or on your computer every day Mm-hmm. A, a different cover and it's it's just again it's just fun stuff to go back and look at some sure. of these things that you may have missed
2: that's true and i apologize for talking over here you. you didn't <laughs> i did at, at i tried i to. didn't i didn't hear it you're just trained at this point because i yeah. do it so often but i said i absolutely adore the east meets west cover yes it's awesome yeah oh it's so awesome that
1: is actually a pastiche on a uh I don't know which bodybuilding uh club it was but back in the 60s that was an ad in uh Marvel and DC comics it wasn't uh like uh, johnny Unitas. I don't know which one it was but that that's a in in uh homage to a, a an old comic book ad
2: yeah no i i they've been fun it's been fun seeing you do those um but uh yeah so so much love to our patrons, and incredibly, we are less than one hundred dollars away from Vince. Two or more. Focus on the or
1: more episodes a month extra. Holy free holies! I come on, guys. I want to do these two extra or more extra episodes.
2: And and since we don't ever want to fall too far behind in our in our to dos, um, our man, Mister David Price. As you're listening to this, y'all, don't forget it is it is the king's birthday this weekend. Yes, it is. So make sure you deluge him with the with the with the twits, the tweets, and the twats and twits. Twats. him with twats. Very happy with that. Good Uh, God, y'all. Deluge him with the with the well wishes um, as he's on his way driving into the literally driving into the eye of a storm. Um, Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, But why do you got to scare him like that? No, it's all good. Things, all things good. were going well. But, more, but far more importantly, though, um, we owe you all live streaming.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we think we've got to figure it figured out. Vince and I are going to test it while DAP is gone next week. Cool. To make sure the technology works. But we will start our as owed live streaming events the following week. The three of us will figure out a day. But let's commit now on air. So we can't back out of it that we will do a live streaming event in two weeks we have to and well, then we I, will we well go
0: ahead david um we may we may want to try to do to test the live streaming this weekend we may um um try, I'll know more tomorrow we may be pushing the vacation back a week oh okay, oh okay because of the storm yeah see so you scared okay, of, well right. look what you did no yeah no. <laughs>
2: well, a little behind the scenes production here we're taking you behind the scenes Uh, usually that's reserved just for the patrons Um, so okay well then if that's the case we will try and commit to doing a live stream next week but we will also assuming it goes off without a hitch we owe you all this is September now so we actually owe you three of them so we will try and if it goes well do one again later in the month probably right before New York Comic Con Um, and maybe we get wacky And I'm just going to throw this out there. You guys can poo-poo it if you want. Maybe we try and do a live stream over New York Comic Con weekend. That'd be great. That would be great. Because we'll all be in the same room.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm bringing the MacBook, too.
2: Perfect. So you won't hear the audio, but you'll be able to see us. (laughs) (laughs) That shit's not even funny. (laughs) Oh, shit. You like how seamless that was? It so seamless. I went from legit promo to right into digging at Vince's technology.
0: That's great.
2: Uh, but no, so sound good though. We'll, we're going to get on this. Catch up.
0: Yes, yes,
2: yes. All because
0: right. we do we we owe them the uh, the September? We, we owe them a bonus episode right now. We do. We do. So yeah, there's there's a lot we need to take care of. Maybe and, David
1: and, bo- and myself will do a bonus episode this weekend.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are supposed to say, oh, I see how it is. But you didn't.
0: <laughs> He's so like, "Fuck it, I got my weekends. I, I was trying it. to make it uh, my puppet,
2: but it didn't work. Book of the Month nominees are
0: looming. Yeah, they are. Yes, it's uh, it's it's very close, I believe, first and second place are very close.
1: Please vote uh, for something other than God Loves, Man
0: Kills. Please. Yeah, Matt, you know everybody's voting for that. Uh, the, should we do the rundown? Yeah, let's do it cause they're different Let's Do it, they're fun. They are different. They're not different from last week, but they are different. So book., oh, uh,
2: Bill, I think you didn't tag the last one with the I video. think
0: you're right. Holy shit because I can't find it. What a jackass. Okay, um, the uh, the eleven I will edit that the eleven nominees, well once I get through Vince's eighty cover days. We have September's book of the month. Four. This month you start with Butcher Baker, the Righteous Maker. What, what? Conan, Volume One: The Frost Giant's Daughter and Other Stories. Love it. That is the uh, that's the dark horse reprint, I believe, Krypusic. <laughs> Love uh, it. Criminal, Volume One: Coward. Love it even more. First six issues of that series from Icon. Fury Max, My War Gone By, Volume 1. Love it almost as much. Injection, Volume 1. Eh. By Warren, Declan, and Jordy. JLA, Year 1. Respect. The Sixth Gun, Volume 1. Love it so much. Spider-Man, Bleh.
1: Meh. Yeah.
2: How'd that get in there? We put David in of making the list. He, he sneaks stuff in it's there. It's
0: not right so there. much you put me in charge of making list, you just leave the list up to me to do it. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like nobody else wants to do it. Hey, you yeah, say tomato, cool. we say tomato. You it's know
0: what I'm saying? It's fine. Hey, I, I, I feel you. Uh, three Fingers. Never heard of it. Is that porn? Dude. No, it is not porn. We it is, is a top shelf book. It yeah. is by uh, Rich Kowalski, and it is basically a um, a riff on Mickey Mouse. Yep. Okay. I believe uh you may have heard of uh Christopher Niesman has talked about it in the past.
2: Uh whenever I think of Rich Kowalski, I think of two things. The one top shelf guy I don't read, and that that <laughs> that Niesman loves him.
0: <laughs> uh X Men, God loves man kills. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Oh and why the Last Man Volume One. Oh, so effing good. Oh my god. And in first place is X Men, God Loves Man Kills, yeah yeah, followed ever very so closely by Max My War Gone by Volume One. Seeing as how we may have to talk about
2: it in depth in a few weeks, I don't want you to go too far, Vince. But okay, then. I didn't
1: see there there are huge chunks of of words coming out of both of your mouths that I'm not hearing here that's what, incredible. What was the question
2: I said we're going we may be going in depth on this book in a few weeks, so we don't want to go too far down the line but yeah, why the size uh,
1: I don't. I can't tell you exactly how I felt when I originally read it because it didn't have all that much of an impact on me. I just don't remember being all that thrilled with it. Oh, I loved it.
2: Full disclosure. But I also loved uh, Fury Max.
1: Yeah, but maybe that'll turn around. Maybe 50-plus-year-old eyes, will will see it in a different
2: light. Well, here's the good news. People heeded our are pleased for voting, and we've already got 89 votes um, with five days left, so I think this will absolutely be a record for votes. Let's try and get it over 100. That'd be awesome. Uh, um, Our man Alex Manfield goes so far as to say Fury Max is one of the best comics Marvel published in the last 20 years. So he's bringing bringing the heat. Um, And right now, with plenty of time for you all, people who haven't voted yet to sway things, but right now... Fury Max are well out in front of the rest of the pack, yeah. so it's neck and neck between those two. But it's going to be one of those two books unless some of y'all form a little um, coalition, <laughs> get an alliance like, going, like 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 a tea party only that we would actually like and uh, right. and, and sway some votes.
1: Cool. All right, there you go. Uh, more comics. That's done. Don't try to wrap oh, up. Yeah. I no, I, I have I have more comics to talk about.
2: I know. So do I. All right. That might. And So does David. David, I, I, I have to say, I am stunned to see that, uh, for once, you are on the cutting edge of reading Mark Miller comics. Normally, we drag you along with us.
0: It's true. It is. But very, you are ahead of the curve here. Very true. Uh, and that is, that is going to lead to my in your travels I believe oh, tonight so I won't I'll know um, well the the new one okay the the collection um, I will get into before we wrap up tonight because I have quite a bit to say about that Oh okay. yes you are absolutely correct I am uh, it's almost like you could say maybe I am uh, turning a page on the man oh nice can
2: we uh, speak a little bit because it's that time of the month um, to to praise our man, uh,
0: Mr. Tom King. As long as it doesn't include Batman number thirty. Oh, damn, son! Yeah, I know. Came out yesterday, Oy and I did not vey. get to read it. I did not get to read it. Oh, right,
2: I mean, You know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna hit the pause then, because that's a major. We're right in the middle of the war of jokes and riddles, and yes, thirty is big, bigly stuff happens so. I want there's there's stuff that's happening that I want to praise, there's stuff I'm that's happening that I want to debate, and I can't have the debate I wanna have without you all having read right up to thirty. Okay. So get get your collective heads out of your asses and read some comics.
0: I could probably do that.
2: Cool. Vince, what you got? Okay. Well Make me make, make me wet. I want you to make me wet.
0: Well
1: I think this is the book that's gonna do it because you already read it. But I finally got my box, and uh, I got around to reading Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, Number Zero.
2: Oh yeah, did you?
1: Yeah, written by Marguerite Bennett and Christina Trujillo,
3: mm-hmm.
1: with art by Moratet, and uh, mm-hmm. color by Andre cismanovich and you were exactly right The story is 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 trifling it's it's a slight story (laughs) but it is a zero issue right Mm -hmm. um sheena sworn protector of the jungle uh notices a drone in her territory uh and she takes it out but in taking it out it falls in uh forbidden territory uh a sacred temple so she debates with herself whether to, uh, whether or not to heed the warnings that she must never, no one may set foot in the sacred temple, or does she stand by her 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 sworn protector of the the jungle status? Well, you know what happens. She goes into the uh, the, the temple and faces all kinds of dangers, and gets the uh, the drone and destroys it. But the person controlling the drone on the other end, is revealed, and that's the end of the issue. Um, the joy here, the real joy, is Moratet's art. Yes. It's, it's astounding. I mean, he he goes full-on good girl art with this. I mean, Sheena is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I never, before reading this, I never thought of Moratet as, you know, a good girl artist, but then I thought about it, and, like, He's done plenty of sexy women in um, Elephant Men, yeah, and uh, All Star Western. Um,
2: so, well, let's not forget he got a start in, in in erotica comics. I always forget about
1: that, right? Yep. But this is just it. It's a a visual. If, if you are enamored with the female form, as 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 I you will love this issue. Plus it's a jungle adventure. I mean, I'm a sucker for the, the the Tarzans and the Janes and the Sheenas and the and all that. Um this just really hit the sweet spot and it was only a quarter. So uh I'm down for the series. I've pre ordered a bunch of issues already. I'm I'm hoping for very, very good things. It's escapist sexy uh fun.
2: Indeed it is. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I have more. I can keep going.
2: I know you do. Bring it. Just keep bringing it, man. I have a tremendous,
1: tremendous value from Dark Horse. This is a hardcover, which collects stories that were originally published in Dark Horse Presents, number 26 to 31. The character and story, uh, part of the story, was originally conceived by artist Troy Nixie. But he was having a little bit of problem with the story and couldn't decide uh, where to take it. So he um, called up his friend, Kari Andrews, and Kari wrote the story or fleshed out the story further. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was created by Troy Nixie written by Kari Andrews illustrated by Troy Nixie color art by Dave McCaig it is called The Black Sinister and I had so much fun with this book Um, the the reality in this book uh, takes place in Coal City and it's a place that looks like The unholy child of Nikola Tesla and um, steampunk. Mm -hmm. It's dirty. It's gritty. Everything seems to be coal, uh, uh, steam powered. Uh, There's a giant Tesla coil, a tower looming over everything. Um, But unfortunately, like Gotham City, um, coal city has a protector and that man is Emerson Black picture Batman well I guess it's not much of a stretch but picture Batman as a sociopath a very dangerous one because um, like Bruce Wayne Emerson Black is stinking rich his father built coal city so it's old money Um, Emerson Black controls the energy in coal city he controls the media he monitors the media constantly he has a manservant named danby so the 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 comparisons to batman are are many but where they end is that emerson black is a very dangerous man because Mm -hmm. he regards people as um workforce and very little more than that um He's the city's protector, but he's unhinged. Um, the The mayor and his associates, whenever there's uh, trouble in the city, they try and get to it before Emerson Black gets to it, because he'll inevitably make it worse. He does not care for about collateral damage. He'll he'll uh, cut the feet off a jaywalker to solve the the, the problem. Huh. You know, um, and he's got gadgets. So it's like. Um... Judge dread kind of thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, but ev- even more so. Um, the law under Emerson Black is malleable. Um, he's, he's all about, he looks down on the people. He, his, his way is the best way, and everyone else is just going to have to, uh, he's doing them a favor, basically, mm-hmm. by, by lording over them. And, uh, like I said, he monitors the media and, um, he notices that uh, a man has taken a child hostage. So in, in, in black sinister fashion, he, he goes in and and tries to solve the problem. And in doing so, he kills the child. He inadvertently kills the child. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, he laments the fact that the child is dead because the child would eventually be a part of a productive workforce. And now he's, short one worker you know so that's the mindset of of sure. this mister black and his manservant danby if alfred picked up a gun and started using the townspeople as target practice then then there you go that's what this th- this guy's obviously unhinged as well like everything in this book is so over the top um and and emerson says we'll just kneecap them because we don't want to kill them or or you know disable them cuz they they won't be able to go to work and make mm-hmm. money and make money for me it's it's ridiculous right so the the mayor is at a loss um what to do so um he calls in uh, some services by um this this um operation nightlight where he's got a squadron of french assassins that swoop in flying on these these steam powered Thunderbikes and they don't do the job they're all eliminated so um, the prosecutor uh, a woman named Cassidy Manners suggests uh, using the mob she she brings in this little midget uh, mobster named uh, Big Red and he's mm-hmm. got two associates, poke and choke and they, they want to solve the problem by using this thing called the maniac device M-A-N-I-A-K and you're, mm-hmm. led, to, you're led to believe that it's a bomb right so the the mayor's at a at a loss he's like all right just just do it just go in and, and come on solve the problem and they drop the maniac device on the black sinister but it's not a bomb it's a giant robot and the robot beats the shit out of the black sinister and kills him but the story doesn't end there i thought it, it was phenomenal this thing it's so much fun and everything is so exaggerated in it. You, have you ever read any Troy Nixie? Jason? David?
3: I, Jenny, Lee, I don't think I so.
1: He's a great cartoonist, but um, like I said, everything is so far. Uh, uh, it's distorted. The, the, the Troy Nixie lens is amazing. It's grotesque. Um it's exaggerated, like when when uh, Black Sinister gets in the cockpit of his his, his plane, giant levers in your face, like he, it's like a Big Daddy Roth thing. Like his arms are reaching up, pulling these giant levers, and there's buttons and gadgets all around him, and it's it's dark, but it it takes a weird turn after uh, Black Sinister is killed, and you just, you just got to read it. It's great stuff, and they're little eight page chapters because like i said it was printed in dark horse presents serialized in, mm-hmm. that, in that magazine but they make every they make full use out of those eight pages like every panel is just jam-packed with stuff sight gags um uh, scene specific bric-a-brac like it, it looks like it was like Co- coal city is stuck in the 20s or 30s it's appropriate you know for that time and uh there's a a a newsboy like the walk street street read all about it but he's an informant for the mayor and it's it's fun it's just so great um giant guns nixie's art is uh you will definitely see traces of paul pope in here so you you know where i'm coming from right very brushy Uh very um expressive line work it's its phenomenal but here's where the value comes in I believe it's a 64 page hardcover you get sketchbooks in the back aborted pages that are awesome to me but Mr. Nixie didn't feel like they were solving the problems he created for himself but they're great $9.99 Damn. that's crazy for a hardcover. Pray, pray. it's a beautiful volume it, i mean it, and there's there's horror aspects to the story too very horrific things and um it's dystopian and you'll love it uh i, I have no doubt in my mind that both of you will just like eat this sounds kid. awesome yeah it's great and i have another massive dark horse value but i'm gonna save that for my your home. i'm gonna save it for my in your travels
2: uh yeah you is yeah Yeah, you is. Because there's
1: no way I could possibly comment on every story in this
2: book. True, true. Yeah. Um, Before we start wrapping it up, um, how far along are either of you in the Defenders?
0: The show? Yeah. We finished it Monday. Damn. Yeah, we started, I think, Friday. And, yeah, just uh, watched a few episodes, and then we watched – no, we started earlier in the week because then we had the wedding on Saturday. Yeah, no. So we saw some on Sunday, and then we finished it Monday. I mean, it's only an eight episode season, thankfully. What did, what did uh, I'm only
2: halfway through, so don't. Uh, but what what did what did you think? Uh, high level.
0: Uh best parts about it were our Matt, Daredevil, uh, Foggy, and Jessica. The Luke is good, uh, way too much iron fist for me, but the uh, it felt when it ends, and tell me if you feel otherwise, mm-hmm. when you get to the end of it, this feels like this was the end of phase one of the Marvel Netflix shows, and whatever is the next series after the Punisher or whatever's the next series, whichever season it is for whoever Mm -hmm. that, that will feel like the next chapter of what this corner of the Marvel cinematic universe is going to
2: do. Right. Cool. Um, I have to say, I thought it got off to a really slow start. Um, and the first episode was definitely marred by iron fist, um
0: Yeah, bummed me out that they kicked it off with him when he when he was yeah. the last one with a series. Yeah, exactly. Um but I thought it
2: uh it picked up pretty meaningfully. Um and I enjoyed the third and fourth a lot. So um I'm feeling better about it right now. I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely feeling like it hopefully will end on a better note. Um, I think Sigourney Weaver is a marvel, no pun intended. Yeah. She she makes Kung Fu she looks better and more natural than Kung Fu than than Anarchist. Yes, and Finn Jones, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. Doubt. It's crazy because she's gotta be pushing mid fifties, right? If not even Oh, blue. easy, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah um yeah. I think the actress who plays Electra is generally great, but I do think she's a bit too slight. To pull off the roll. I don't know, man. Like I think she's a little too skinny. Like I think you can't be who Electra is without being hella in shape, like muscular. Okay. Um but but I do like her. I I, I guess I liked her more prehand because yeah. her personality came through. Yeah. Um just as essentially a silent killing machine. Uh, she's much better than say Finn Jones, but I, I, I don't I'm not a not an i I'm like an I'm like an eighty-five percent with her, not hundred percent,
0: if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, you no, know? you know, it does. It
2: does. Throw like an extra two like two inches and maybe 15 pounds on her, to throw a couple of sandwiches down her gullet, <laughs> and uh I think we're in business. You know? I do. But I like the chemistry. There is chemistry. When they were in the boardroom together yeah I, I thought there was genuine chemistry um I had forgotten how much I enjoyed Jessica Jones yes, as a character um i I'm probably in the minority here but i've I've had enough of Night nurse. I love Rosario Dawson. I think she's wonderful right. but but right. I, I i just i'm I'm just done with her being the centerpiece of this universe It's enough already I, I just can we move on from her i just i don't know I want her to be killed off frankly damn um, yeah but uh but no it's uh, so it's um I'm, I'm i have high hopes for the last four four episodes we'll see
0: yeah i think moments where um okay this is this is a pretty cool team and and i think everybody's quips that they have with one another mm-hmm. uh there's a scene in a arrest there's an episode uh you yeah, were there in the chinese restaurant yes that yeah. was um that that was entertaining yeah. uh it just it, it still strikes me that, you know, dude who has bulletproof skin or a guy who had to fight a dragon would scoff at the other's abilities. It's like everything you've seen so far, this is where you're gonna draw the line. But uh, all think about sudden, it
2: though, right? They know their own reality. I mean Luke knows why he's how he is, but that doesn't mean that he believes in magic,
0: right? He may not believe in magic, but there were aliens falling out of the sky a couple of years ago. So there are things where. Oh, that's
2: just, true. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It,
0: it's it's not will. like he's. I'm gonna roll that back. You're right. In, in a bubble. Edit so. that out, <laughs> Vince. We're talking defenders. Vince is asleep. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, he went to um, get a sandwich. Yeah.
1: <laughs> For the record, uh, Sigourney Weaver, sixty-six.
2: Yeah. Oh my Sigourney. God, are you yeah. kidding me?
0: Yeah. What? was in her
2: sixties. Bro, she is the hottest sixty-six-year-old ever. Well, maybe her and Helen Mirren, but. Oh, I'm here good for her! Wow, sixty six! Holy crap! That's incredible! Wow, good for her, man! Yep. Yeah. yep.
1: And I, I have no plans to watch Defenders.
2: I know, I know.
1: Yeah. I got my TV fix. I'm done for the year. <laughs> oh, are you are you in on um, American Horror Story, Cole? You know, I, I I watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. That was it. Um. Ooh, I have mm, to say right. I liked the first episode better than I liked the entire last season. I thought oh, last I gave up two and a half seasons ago. Yeah, so. last, Wait, so, so last
2: season was horrible, and not last in a, not was in a good documentary, way. Documentary, right?
1: Yeah, it was just terrible, contrived okay. bullshit. I didn't like yeah. it at all. Um, I gave up
2: with the, the after the witches season. That next one was, uh, was a carnival, a freak, or freak, or freak or show. Yeah, I, I can't, can't have that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, Jason, you are probably not going to like this season because no, okay, n- no wait. Not no, only no, is it like Savage Dragon where it's centered around Trump's presidency.
2: Oh shit! Why wouldn't I like that if they're making funny... But,
1: of but there, there is an undercurrent of clowns. No, I know that.
2: I mean, that's been in all the previews. But
1: don't I thought you don't like the the whole
2: clown thing? Well, I don't, but I don't like them because I find them <laughs> creepy and scary. So if if, if, oh. if they're meant to be, like, I'm going to go see it with Colin on Friday okay. night. Okay, no, that's have, cool.
1: Yeah, um, Sarah Paulson's character is mm-hmm. in- incredibly annoying. They,
2: they have done, and then, an, I have to say, they have done a wonderful job at marketing this season because I was completely out of that show. I had zero interest in it the last two years didn 't even think about it, and just from the ads for the season, they pulled me back in to try it again this year yeah she, she has,
1: has some problems and she 's had some breakdowns and she has she has emotional issues triggered by various things, clowns being one of them and uh she's she 's in a uh, she 's married to a woman in this and because of as she is in real life right but because of of trump and uh, ascending to the the presidency and mm-hmm. all of the xenophobia and, and and hate and fear that goes with that she is fearful that her marriage to her her wife will be erased and she just loses it but she's such a drama queen Oh my God! She always has been such a. She, everything sets yeah, her no, off, true, and she's she she's massively over the top. And it's just like she, when Trump wins, she has like this nervous breakdown, and she's screaming and crying and losing it. And it's like, uh, but she she didn't vote for Hillary though. Aha! Uh-huh. So she's blamed by her partner for one of the for creating the problem, which is. Besetting her and and no is this that... a
2: Trump analog or are they legit no Trump?
1: no it's Trump, it's Trump. Nice, yeah it's it's the <laughs> oh, commentary's oh. there, yeah. And you might it, have to watch it. Now. And uh, what's what's the guy that has been in all the seasons? The kid, um, the young. Oh, guy. the one
0: that plays
2: Quicksilver.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he mm-hmm. he plays this unhinged um, Trump supporter, and he is just very, oh, just wow. very, very disturbing to watch. But I will say. This is this one episode is the most extreme I've ever seen the show. They dropped the f bomb like five times in it. Ooh, yeah, and there's like the, the, the clowns. Now, do you hear backdooring it? You, is it, is it. it no? It, you hear it? It's, okay, it's because there.
0: What, okay. nice. They're doing that a lot in Suits this season too, but they censor it. Yeah, they say. yeah, they do right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, like Carl and seven dirty words are there. There are. I, I don't unless someone starts saying Someone starts. Don't know if you're going to. They they pretty much killed that theory. Yeah.
1: No, it's extreme. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
0: going
2: to give it a try. I, I may I may tap that after the first uh, episode, but. Uh, and twisty, twisty's I, back. But you didn't see that
1: season anyway, so it doesn't matter. Twi- 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 so. Twisty the clown. Yeah.
2: Oh no, I did. Um, that's the uh, that was the one that killed little kids, right? Yeah yeah no i did see that that's the season i tapped out i watched Um, like i watched most of it but i didn't finish it sarah
1: paulson's son is reading a comic book and uh it's it's features twisty and they they act out the scene and then it switches it 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 melts into a comic book page and she's she's very distraught that the kid is reading a comic book featuring a clown Mm -hmm.
2: yeah (laughs) So there's a lot of meta sub. There's a lot of sub, some subtext. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Well, there's it's it's subtext is rampant. I mean, they mm-hmm. the, the political commentary is right in your face.
2: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to giving it a try.
1: All right. I hope you like it. I I I can't say I I didn't enjoy it. I did. Mm-hmm. There's just things about it that that are very annoying, like Sarah Paulson.
2: <laughs> you find her annoying in general or you just no, the character?
1: no this character she plays is extremely annoying to me got it she has a nervous breakdown in a supermarket and it's just like it's it's so much drama mm-hmm. but
2: so much drama in the lbc
1: hey <laughs> i like her as an actress i think she's great this sure. but this character is, is pushing my buttons yes all right everybody hey as usual there's only one place to go for comic books. And that is where? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your books. Get them fast. Get them delivered right to your door. You will reap massive rewards. Such as getting the Gravediggers Union. Number one from Image for a lousy ninety nine. Kong on the Planet of the Apes from Boom. For, again, a ninety nine, And my girl, Minky Woodcock. The Girl Who Handcuffed Houdini, number one from Titan Comics, is $2.19. Now, oof, let me get this thing over. It's heavy. From Dark Horse, this is another massive value that uh, I want to drop on you. It is called The Dark Horse Book of Horror. It is a, let me get the page count, 360 looks like eight page hardcover volume full color which reprints um, it reprints the dark horse book of hauntings the dark horse book of witchcraft the dark horse book of the dead the dark horse book of monsters and the stain from myspace dark horse presents number 15 now who could you expect to find in this book well, P. Craig Russell, Mike Mignola, Gary Gianni, Paul Lee and Brian Horton, uh let's see Paul Chadwick, Evan Dorkin, Jill Thompson, Tony Millionaire, uh, of course Dave Stewart's all over this thing. Uh Clark Ashton Smith story, illustrated by Gary Gianni. You got uh do 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 do, do, do. Oh, yeah, I know Sean Phillips, Scott Morse, Kelly Jones. It's amazing how many um top shelf create Bob Fingerman, Roger Langridge, Ron Wilberly. Um let's see. There's Scott Alley's in here. Basically, Hellboy, Beast of Burden, um, it's it's all the great horror stories that you know and love from dark horse uh either sampled because some of them are, are uh hints at what is later to come or they're they're standalone stories it's an incredible value like i said where else are you going to get a close to 400 page hardcover for how much was it 19 dollars 99
2: nice
1: yes now um buyer beware it is in the same form factor as the dark horse omnibus line so it's not full comic book size it's it's the smaller i don't know what the proportions are but it's it's slightly less Mm -hmm. than comic book size but that doesn't detract from any of the art it's all perfectly legible readable gorgeous beautiful stuff and you can have it for um probably less than 15 bucks. I'm sure Discount Comic Book Service has a good discount on, or In Stock Trades has a good discount on this and there's other places you can go to get it for less than cover price, but the cover price alone is a value for 20 bucks.
0: Mhm. Get it. Yeah. I say. Okay. Um as Jason alluded to, um I have a couple of well I have a more on my Slack reading list and another book that is based on and uh continues the world that Miller and um Matthew Vaughan and Dave Gibbons had created and I as of right now, we watch it a couple times a year, every few months or so. My wife and I really enjoy Kingsman, The Secret Service, the movie. Uh, it's funny. It's witty. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a good time. And had I read the book, the movie is supposedly based on. I probably would not have given the movie a shot. The book, the 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 miniseries, which was recently reprinted, uh, came out this week from Image. It has a um, basically a the poster from the first movie as the cover, which is weird because the movie kind of took the best parts. Of the source material, uh, I don't know if either of you have watched it, but the 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 movie, the spy organization, basically everybody, all the agents have um, names uh, from Arthurian legend, The Knights at the Round Table. You have Lancelot, you have uh, Gilhead. you have uh, Merlin. So that doesn't exist in the comic. in In the movie uh, Harry, uh, he, um, he basically feels beholden to Eggsy because Eggsy's father was an agent who sacrificed himself to save the rest of the group. Uh, but it was, it was something that Harry should have noticed and he didn't. So his, his mistakes, his, his negligence cost Eggsy, his father. And, uh, so Harry said, you know, listen, if, if you ever he tells Eggsy's mother, if you ever need anything, contact me. And uh Eggsy remembers that and he eventually does call on Harry. But in the comic, there is no Harry. There's a Jack London, and he is Eggsy's uncle Jack. So 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 they're related. So right away you get more of a that 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 comic book kind of trope where everything has to be connected it is one of the main reasons why i I dislike spider-man 3 is because instead of uncle ben dying getting shot in a random act of violence they had to try to connect it and and give some closure and there are some some tragic events don't don't get closure you don't they shouldn't so i like that idea from the movie is that these were all just events that that didn't really they weren't related for for anything other than they were accidents that happened to to certain people but the dave gibbons art in the trade is is fantastic it it's it's some of his his best amazing uh i would recommend if you watch them if you saw the movie never read the book I'd recommend the book. There are certain things that happen in the book that they definitely did take for the movie. Uh, since Matthew Vaughn was had a hand in creating the, the, he apparently worked with Mark, and then Mark gave the script to Dave. So Vaughn had a hand in the original story. I should have I did I had no idea when I saw the movie that uh, it was based on a comic book, let alone a Mark Miller comic book. it was, it was a dead giveaway as soon as the the credits started, but the it, like wanted it's it's definitely something that you can kind of just watch and um turn your mind off for a little while the uh there are there are certain things that don't really work in the comic but worked wonderfully in the movie and i'm not trying to do a movie review here i just i i really am uh i'm glad i read the secret sir i'm, I'm glad i read this book it's um like I said, it it has some of the best from it has some of the best ideas in it were used for the movie. Uh, they they work really well independently of each other. I, I've watched the movie a bunch of times, never bothered to read it, so I mean that's fine. The uh, if you know, I, I I have gone on gone on records. I, I haven't been in love with everything. Miller has done, but this is uh, this doesn't rank up there with, like, say, Red Sun. But it does; uh, it's it's definitely a uh, a hit uh, as far as I'm concerned. I uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And, and there's a uh, there's a reprint of an interview I think that Miller did with CBR. Apparently, when uh, I think when Miller was in high school, getting out of high school, uh, he had sent. Dave Gibbons a uh, sent him a letter in 1987 while he was still in school. Mark Miller sent Gibbons a letter saying that, uh, you know, basically praising his work on Watchmen and and saying how uh, he and Moore and uh, Miller and and Shaken they're they're basically the new um, they're the the torchbearers for DC. They're going to do great things. And uh, he says, listen, I, I have. He says, I have, a, I have a submission I want to send to DC. I think it might be better to team up with a superstar artist before I send my next submission, and you might just be the man for the job. It's a Shazam story, and takes a very radical look at an old character. I think you'd have a great time on this, and the more I examine your Watchmen pages, the more I feel like this could be a good step mm. for you career-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Ordway might also be an excellent choice as your anchor. And and Dave wrote back to him, and and uh, eventually, obviously, with this book, they, they would work together. But it's uh, it's that reminds me of, of some of the Miller that um, I do enjoy. But I, I think that uh, if you've never read it, I, I think this uh, this might be worth your time. I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit, and the the new series uh, Kingsman: The Red Diamond. Is a uh, it is written by Rob Williams and uh, art by Simon Fraser, Gary Caldwell on colors, and that basically just takes place sh- a short time after the uh, the first story. Eggsy is uh, is a full fledged agent, um, and there are things that happened in this in the first story that play out in the first issue of the new series. So I'm, I'm definitely going to read the red diamond as it, uh, as it comes out. But yeah, I, um, if you're all, if you're, if you only know Kingsman from the movie and, uh, and I'm looking forward to the sequel, um, definitely give the, uh, the source material a shot because it is not, it's, it's not three hundred. It's not Sin City. If if you watch the movie, you you are not getting that in a comic book. It's it's a completely different story. The bones of it are present in the movie, but it's they're completely different stories. And I think you'd enjoy it. Cool. Yeah,
2: I I, I do enjoy the movie quite a bit as well. Um, and this the second one looks stupid and fun as hell. Yes, it looks ridiculous. In a good way, in a good, yep. good, good, ridiculous. Uh, nice. All right. Um. Uh. In your travels. Uh. In in the as we end the month of celebrating Mister Kirby's 100th. Um. I would call your attention to the last, I believe, of the one shots in salute of him. Uh. The Black Racer and Shiloh Norman Special Number One. Written by Reginald Hudlin with art by Dennis Cowan, inks by Bilson art other art by Ryan Benjamin, Um, Mr. Miracle, not the Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, Mr. Miracle, Scott Free. This is Shiloh Norman, who is um, a human, an earthling, um, who is also a um, uh, takes on the mantle of Mr. Miracle and is an escape artist. Um, now, do you guys... How did that come to be? Do you know? Like, how did Shiloh become Mr. Miracle? That was during was no, the... Was it, was it an, like an homage to the original, or does he have powers, or
0: what's the... Well, that wasn't his first appearance in the, um, the Seven Soldiers, the Graham Morrison story. That no. was
1: his first appearance? No.
0: No? No, no Cur- I don't think so.
1: Kirby created Shiloh Norman.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, but it, it ties into the original series. They just took the character into a direction that you know kirby didn't and i think it was morrison that did that but yeah the the character of shiloh norman what is, is a jack kirby creation
2: okay. okay okay cool um but this is a story of shiloh and he perhaps attempts a a, a um a feat of escape that is uh, a little above his pay grade Racer, for those of you that uh, know your DC lore, is essentially the um, Grim Reaper of the New Gods. Um, he comes to claim New Gods when they're dying. And um, what's cool about this is we get we get Hudlin and Cowan to give us um, the Black Racers' backstory, origin story, uh, and it's tied into uh, Vietnam. And uh, the gentleman was um, served three tours in Vietnam. And it's always been around death, and uh, I thought, thought it was well done, and it was just a treat to see Dennis Cowan doing a book, especially with Sienkiewicz lending a hand. You can't get much better than that. Um, and uh, I just thought it was neat, neat little one-shot that uh, basically um, Shiloh was trying to escape from death, in essence. Uh, and I won't give away the ending in case you want to pick it up and read it, but uh, that's a clever end, befitting of the character of Mr. Miracle. Um, yeah, and I dug it. Dug it a lot. There's some reprints in the back too. Although I admit I just scanned the throws. I didn't really read that. Read it. Read them intently. But uh, but the the main story I thought was a hit. Cool. Nice. Did you read it?
1: I did not read it yet. I have it. I cool. Haven't read it.
2: Yeah. Yep. I thought DC did a nice job for the most part with these Kirby one shots.
1: Yeah, they look great. Mhm. Just gotta read them. You do. Yeah, I was gonna read them all at once. You know, that whole batch dump that I like to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. You do like big dumps. I yes.
1: do. That's why I love you so much. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my friends. Thank you for being here with us once again. We implore you. If you want more of this kind of fun, come to our website, 11oClockComics.com. Join us on the Facebooks. It's poppin'. Uh Twitter, we're on there, too and uh like i always say you need to come back next week cuz if you don't david's going to get all sarah paulson go over the top the and Dramatic. freaking dr- drama king uh so please say goodnight david
0: ooh goodnight
1: David, that was pretty spot on, I think. It's
3: good. It's oh, good.
2: Yes. It's, oh, he's just, <laughs> wow. That's how you're
0: going wow. to do your
1: boy
2: on his birthday almost? Nah.
0: Man, he's all, yes, it is. Yes. All he, cylinders.
1: He's going to be 40.
0: 4 <laughs> 0. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All grown up.
0: Oh, grown up and groans up and groans up. Nice. Maybe I'll do like Vince and just let, not let anybody post on my wall. I fixed hey. that.
1: I know. I changed it. Oh, did you? Oh, I took, okay. yeah, I took it off. Okay. The first time the sisters-in-law post something, though, I don't know. I'm gonna have to maybe reconsider.
3: Right on.
2: Your boy, uh, your boy, warmed my heart today with that IG post in the football gear. <laughs> He's looking good, isn't he? Looking good. I love the teamwork, the camaraderie. Yeah. It's fire. He's all right. It's fire.
1: Yeah, he got in trouble too for his Instagram because he posted something about one of his teachers. That oh. that could be considered a threat. So he, what? Got, yeah. Well, he's like, I'm gonna kill that bitch. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, what? You, you can't do that.
2: Yeah. Oh no, dude. Yeah,
1: I know. And my sister they take that stuff mad serious now. Serious, right? And and my sister in law, who is a teacher, saw it, and she's just like, tell your son to get that down, because you know. And he was just oh, so pretty, he didn't get caught.
2: No, 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 no. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, no, we
1: got rid of it, and I I told him I said. Saying something to your buddies is not the same as saying something online, because the online stuff never, ever goes away. Yep. And it still exists. It's just that, you know, whatever. But he's learned his lesson. Yeah. Uh, A a week's worth of nothing will will do that.
2: Nice. Yeah. Well, and and again, let's sign off by by wishing everybody well down on the South, because it's going to get worse before it gets better, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But at least uh I mean yes. if there are any silver linings or it's it's that this is it's this is actually moving we're not you know we're, we're it, Irma is moving the distance in one hour that it took Harvey to move all day and and mm-hmm. so it's it's moving it's it is it's a devastating wind event uh we're not anybody in the southeast or Georgia or the Carolinas, we're not talking about feet of water coming down. It's it's you know, obviously there's going to be some some flooding, but uh it's it, it's nothing to slight. There there's there's nothing small about it. But if um you know if, if there are any there's anything to look at in, in any sort of, of positive light. It's it's just that it should as as much as 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 powerful or as destructive as it might be, that it will it it, it should just hopefully move move over the area quickly and, and move on and it will weaken as it gets further into the land, but it, it's um it's it's going to be rough, no doubt. Yeah.
1: And uh, big, sweaty, ugly, stinky man love to artist extraordinaire uh, Dave Jordan, who, who indeed, we, who we love so much. That's all. That's all I want to say. Join us next week,
3: please.
1: I told you why. Do it. Just be here. Say bye.
3: He's out.